is the 551st edition of the Chair Shop Podcast. I was about to say the 551st uh, Sunday that we've gathered to do this show, but that would be a complete lie because that's definitely not always been the case. Uh, but it's the Chair Shop Podcast here. We're back after an absolutely stuffed to the gills week last week. I mean, we, we, I feel like we talked about every film that came out in 2021. Um, uh, on last week's show, this week you know a little bit quieter. This week here, we will we'll actually get a chance to talk about some wrestling here um, uh, this week on the show. I'm one of your hosts uh, here uh, for this show. My name is Barry. If you haven't heard, that's me. I'm joined by my ever dependable co-host. First of all, Mr. Paul Griffin. Yeah, that show was too long last week. Too long. Too many MP3 files to stitch together. <laughs> well, yeah, I can imagine on your end that was probably a bit of a pain. 14 Oof. files into one. So I hope everyone enjoyed it. And the long I think it's the longest show we ever did. I'm, I'm fairly sure. I'm fairly sure. Uh, also with us, uh, padding out this runtime, is Mr. Joe Towner. Hello. Good evening, lads, and everybody else. Good evening. Loads of stuff to talk about this week again. Not quite as much as last week, folks. We'll get you out of here at a reasonable time. Mm-hmm. Don't you worry. Um, uh, I'll, I'll kick life off off here. Um, with the main thing I've um I've been doing this week is I've been battling the post. Uh, the very the very concept of the post. Did I talk? I did I briefly mention this last week or no? Did I just skip? No, it? I don't Is think you? so. I don't think so. Okay, so eons and eons ago, when I was quarantining over Christmas. I, you know, feeling sorry for myself, feeling incredibly bored. I, I, I did, uh, I, I did a little bit of retail therapy, and I bought myself one of these little. Um, you might have seen them on YouTube or advertising, but these yeah. little handheld, sort of Chinese-produced uh, emulators. You know what I mean? They're like the size of like a, the average phone. Little screen in them, and they come preloaded with like, depending on which one you buy, uh, up to a certain level of console you can emulate so the one i got was like it does up to ps1 pretty well i was like that's great i'll buy that i can tinker around with that here while i'm on lockdown they don't really come ready to play out of the box you might want to put a custom firmware on it tinker with these settings so it's like yeah it's a little bit of a thing uh, you know it'll be a bit of a project to set it up get all the roms and we'll put it all on great stuff like whatever just a fun little thing to do while i'm stuck in this room uh, couldn't get the website to work for whatever reason, uh, and I couldn't get them to accept my Irish address, which is a, a problem Irish people have had since the advent of online shopping. So I said, what I'll do is I'll use this service that our post office offers where you can send a thing to a virtual British address, and it's just a warehouse in London, and they collect it, and then they post it to you uh, uh, to kind of get around the fact that this company might not ship to to Ireland. So I did that. Uh, I believe, you know, taking into account all the bank holidays and everything, I believe they received my package in in good old London on the 30th of December, 2021. Um, uh, We are now recording this on the 16th of January. Uh, I was going to say, Barry, I'm looking at your hands. I don't see a little console in them. You don't see a little gimmick in it. Also, I I am now allowed to leave this room, so the thing I fucking bought it for is not even really relevant anymore. I'll still mess around with it. It might be fun. But uh, yes, I don't have it. So, um, uh, So they got it. 
and they text me like a flash going, we've got this thing here. We know what it is, but it doesn't have a price on the outside of the box. Will you tell us how much it is and send us a copy of the receipt? I'm like, Jesus fucking Christ, just Google it. Just Google it. <laughs> it's like, so I just sent them like I just sent them a copy, a screen grab of the email saying, here's how much I paid for it. And they're like, thank you. We'll figure out your customs charge. Yeah. And then we'll we'll email. So I was like, that's fine. Uh, five days go past, and they're like, right, here's your customs charge. Took you five days to bust out the calculator, figure out the fucking customs charge. Paid that like a shot. I was like, I'm not having it languishing, right? By the time they've done this, by the way, this it's in Dublin at this stage, right? So they got it on the 30th. By the 5th, they reached out to me and said, look, we have it. It's in Dublin. It's in the customs office. You owe customs on it. I was like, fine. Fantastic. Here is the customs charge that I owe. And by the way, I will also say this service is very expensive relative to what you're getting. It's six fifty just to use the service once for each package. And then yeah. on top of the customs charge I paid, it's three fifty process processing fee, quote unquote, which is the biggest rip I've ever heard. I'm like, I already gave you seven quids. Why are you taking three more off me? Anyway. Gave them, the, gave them their customs charge on the 5th, and they said, thank you so much. We're going to get this out to you uh, ASAP. And then three days go past, five days go past, seven days go past. Keep in mind, when they text me, they were like, it is in Dublin. It is in the customs office in Dublin. I could have gotten up at breakfast time, got a train up to the office and just asked for it and come back in time to Limerick for dinner right in the time it would take to do that round trip nothing 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 and i was like i'm not going to email because everyone's dealing with staff shortages for covid there's nothing the email person can do but eventually i was just like i had to email it's like hi in my politest tone possible because the other day i work in customer support so i'm not going to be that dickhead i was like hello i paid my customer charge on this date please may i know please where my thing is please um, and she just said it's uh, it's in the customs office. I said thank you. Um, I know that you told me that. Please, where is it and when is it coming? Please. And they were like, as soon as possible. I was like, cool. Is that this week? Is that tomorrow? Is that what is that? And they were just like, as soon as possible. This goes on for the I mean the the crux of a, a week and a half at this stage. This past Thursday, the thirteenth of January. They uh, they say, hey, or the 12th, they say, hey, it's out for delivery. You're going to get it soon. Brilliant. Thursday morning, the 13th, I checked. I refreshed the tracking number. They said it's delivered. I'm like, brilliant. It's with the staff in this building or whatever. They have, we have a caretaker who takes it. And sometimes there's a little bit of a delay. He doesn't bring it to you until the next day. Whatever. Cool. I went down to the reception area. I was like, is there a parcel here for me? They said, no, no, but the, the caretaker's just coming in now. If you have post, he'll bring it around you. I'm like, great. Great, 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 great. Post comes, nothing. Friday, the post comes again, nothing. And I'm like, I rang the post office. I was like, hello. Um, oh, I actually left out a part. Uh, when they said they delivered it, they said the, the delivery location was the post depot, which is near my house, which is like the warehouse. Um, mm. Oftentimes, if you're not there to sign for it, it just goes there. It's very close to me, so that's fine. I went there. They said, no, we don't have it. It's definitely in your building. I have asked everyone in the building who would conceivably have it. Do you have it? And they said, no. I rang the post office. And again, the lady was very nice. And I was like, here's my effing situation. I didn't actually swear. I was being very nice. I was like, 
I was like, you're saying it's delivered. The post depot is saying they don't have it. The building staff in my building are also saying they don't have it. So can you tell me, can you look into it for me? Can you find the person who works my area and get them to say, yes, I handed it to fucking John, whoever on whatever time. And she says, yeah, 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 we'll look into that. And we're going to send you an email shortly, letting you know what the situation is. And if it is lost, you can do a claims process. I'm like, brilliant, brilliant. This thing I wanted to tinker with two and a half weeks ago, you know, when I was stuck in my room, but whatever. So she sends me a follow-up email. And the follow-up email goes, it's showing as delivered as of Thursday morning. I was like, I know it's showing up as delivered as of Thursday morning. I don't have it. No one in this building has it. How can you How can you just tell me that when the purpose of the call was that I didn't know who had it? So I went back. So oh And also, God. they give me this patronizing list of bullet points. And so, if you don't yet have your package, even though it's showing as delivered, have you considered speaking to your post person, speaking to your building caretaker, speaking to you? I was like, I, mm. I, 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 I've done all of these things. I've done all of these things. So I emailed them. This is late Friday afternoon. I emailed them and I was like, I, I went back on the email that they sent to me and I said, I've, I have done these things. I have checked. It's not here so uh, that was late friday so of course i haven't heard yet we're now recording this on sunday so the main thing i have done this week other than work uh is is like my least favorite thing ever whether regardless of it if it's a fucking a games console or a fucking job contract or a pair of socks i hate dealing with posts i hate checking the box i hate when you call people on the phone reading out tracking numbers i hate all that shit, and it's all I've done this week. All I've done is is fucking harass postal workers and reception workers about a package. Where's my spy camera? Um, uh, you know, so that's that's the situation. Um, uh, I'm kind of hoping because I, I think our care we we have like a temp caretaker at the building at the moment. I, I'm hoping that like tomorrow it'll show up, and it's like, oh, the new guy didn't know fucking whatever didn't know where it was or didn't know where your apartment was or whatever so we'll see maybe next week i'll come on and say i have it or next week i'll come on and there'll be an update which is trying to get i i if it is lost i do not look forward to the process of trying to get my money back from from this fucking post service because it'll be like blood from a stone but uh that's been the crux of my week so far uh i also got a haircut uh, which was, uh, I, I, I shouldn't have stopped for that haircut. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and 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 um, my oh, as I was getting my haircut, why do people love talking about this? I sat down there and like was doing small talk about the weather, and like <sighs> sixty seconds into the small talk about the weather, the lady's telling me that she's not vaccinated and she doesn't want to get oh, vaccinated. Can you believe yeah. all this? I'm like, what? I don't want to, like I don't want to talk about this. Why? Why do people think they that they, they, you want to hear about that? I'm like, please, like I just I don't want to talk about anything when I'm getting my hair cut, let alone that. I like I'm just yeah. like so even the haircut was a stressful uh, process this week. But I got it done anyway, and I got it done because I was back streaming this week, which was a good thing. I had a lot of fun this week on the old the old stream gimmick. Um, so that was my week, lads. Have you had have you had an equally frustrating week, or have you been um, just uh, trialing your new job at the fireworks and puppy factory um, <laughs> uh, while I've been yelling at caretakers and chasing post vans like a dog? Uh, well, I've got. 
I've got three things to moan about, and I don't like moan. I like to, you know, keep it keep it fun we on the podcast. But I've got three things to moan about, and then I've got a funny story about a dog. Okay, Excellent. so I'll give you the, I'll give you the moan. Right, so, and all the all the moans are all computer related. Okay, so it's it's so annoying. Right, so number one, so I've got this laptop that I've had for three years. It was very expensive. It was fifteen hundred pound. Um, ooh, ooh. Like 2,000 euros, right? Or yeah. no, not 2,000 euros, 1,700 euros or whatever the exchange rate is. <laughs> don't, know, don't know why that matters. Um, anyway, it's a really good laptop, obviously, as you'd expect from that, that kind of money, right? And it's, I have no complaints with the laptop, apart from the fact that the battery after three years is knackered. And I don't know whether that's because I leave it plugged in all the time and it wears out the battery, I'm not sure. But basically, it's at a point where the battery just will not, it, you can't use it unless it's plugged in. Like it will right. literally switch off in 60 seconds if you don't have it plugged in to the point where if I use my work charger, which is slightly less powerful than the one that came with it, it will switch off even with the charger in, oh, which is God. why I <laughs> abruptly left our recording about 10 minutes ago because my, okay. laptop, my laptop died because I was using my work charger instead of the, the proper one. So that's annoying. However, I do have a solution for that. I ordered a new battery from um, the manufacturer and they're sending it to me. It's going to arrive hopefully tomorrow unless I have more, you know, post problems like Barry, but I should get that tomorrow. Mm. It Unfortunately, it is one that you have to like unscrew the laptop and install it, try and install it yourself. I've looked at mm. videos and it seems quite simple. Like people said, it's really easy. So mm. hopefully I won't have any problems with that and that will be solved. So that's the one problem. Second problem, my PC that I've had since 2014 which again was very expensive pc gaming not quite a gaming pc but like a high-end pc um the one that i've used to record this show for the last like seven years or however long i've had it eight years um tried switching that on the other day and it wouldn't connect to a monitor so just no Mm. no picture would come up i I changed the cable i changed the monitor it was firing up it was powering up no picture on the monitor though kept restarting it wouldn't work Took the casing off, du- got all the dust out of it. There wasn't a lot of dust in there, but I thought I'll give it a bit of a clean just in case that's like, you know, fucking it up. Mm-hmm. Um, did manage to actually get it started. It's like it fired up, the picture came up. I was like, thank God for that because I've basically got every file that I've ever created is stored on this PC because mm-hmm. <laughs> whenever I switched to a new PC, I would just move all my old files yeah. to the new one. And that's, this is like the seventh PC that's inherited all of the old shit that I was creating in like 2002, um, you know, making JPEGs for Pilkopedia and fucking random MP3s that I got off of uh, torrent sites and things like that. Yeah, your wrestling so, blog. Oh, my wrestling blog, all my backup. So I, I backed up some of the files, not all of them, and managed to you know make, secure some stuff. However, now it won't switch on again, right? So I don't know. It's it's kind of working, kind of not working. But essentially, that's why I'm having to use my laptop that doesn't have a proper battery instead of the PC. So I don't know whether to get try and get that fixed, whether they just get a new PC, whether to do something with it. So that's annoying me. And the third thing is on Friday. Finished work. Um, I do we work? We have a spare bedroom, which is also an office, which is where I record the show, and also one of you know, Michelle or myself you know, works from home during the week. Um, I was coming out of the office on Friday, picked up my laptop to take it with me, forgot to unplug the HDMI cable, pulled the monitor over. Monitor falls, you know, screen first onto the desk. Shit, that's annoying. Never mind. Picked it up, put it back where it was. Forgot all about it. Came in half an hour ago to do the show. 
switch the PC, switch the laptop on, monitor screens cracked. And this is my 27-inch curved Samsung monitor. Oh, man. Um, so it's, I have actually using it at the moment, so it still kind of works, but it's just like a third of the screen just doesn't work. It's all cracked. So basically it's not really usable going forward, but I'm kind of using it today. Um, so that's all my computer moans. So basically I have two computers that are kind of semi-working and one monitor that works and one monitor that's going to have to go in the recycling bin. So... That's my moan for the week. I'm, I'm just very annoyed. I'm going to have to invest in a whole new suite of technology to just like get this all sorted because it's like completely driving me up the wall. But that's my that's my computer woes. That's my moan for the week. On the plus side, uh, Michelle and I did go to our local park this morning where they have a weekly uh, street food market, which we look forward to a lot. And it's a really great market. It was really busy. It was... Uh, um, hustling and bustling, uh, w- walked up there, and suddenly there was a bit of a kerfuffle in the crowd. Right. And lo and behold, little only a, only a little dog running around. Um, owner nowhere to be seen. Obviously, kind of let it off the leash, and it had run straight to the market. Um, someone's going, "Where's the owner? Where's the owner? What, whose, whose dog is this? Whose dog is this? What's going on?" Before right. you know it. The dog's only pinched a little sausage roll off the side of one of the stalls and run off with it and started started munching on it. Uh, oh, it was tremendous. it was like something straight out of the Beano where a dog I was going to say yeah <laughs> nicks a string of sausages from the butchers and runs away with it. So everyone's going, "Oh, he's nicked the sausage roll!" And then the owner comes by, pretends she didn't see anything, and just kind of like gets the dog on the leash and goes off with it. Um, and then after that, another little dog, a sausage dog, got loose and started just running everywhere. It was going under the stalls, around the stall, around <laughs> through people's legs, <laughs> running all over the place. The man, the man who was doing uh, like the kind of food that I was I was buying from, he was doing kind of breakfast food, like rolls and stuff. Yeah, he gives the man a little sausage to try and tempt the dog, and he's the guy's walking around waving this little sausage, trying to get the dog to come back, and the dog's having none of it. Uh, and eventually, I think they captured it and, and got it safe. But that was that was the pleasant part of the day, the, the cheerful dog stealing a sausage roll part of the day that I enjoyed that's, before that's all brilliant. of the, before all of the computer woes. So a happy day after all. And I and I had a lovely uh, breakfast roll from that same store with some uh, yeah. egg, egg, bacon, and sausage. So that was very nice. But yeah, that's basically been been the weekend. It's uh, highs and lows. Well, maybe the first dog, when he nicked the sausage roll, maybe that transformed him into a sausage dog. Ah, is that how it works? Yeah. I, yeah. It's, like, it's like I'm Super Mario power-up, you know? Yeah, yeah, makes sense. I haven't seen a, a dog steal any sausage-related projects, <laughs> I must say, and I'm worse <laughs> off for it. You've been waiting, waiting years to see that. Yeah, we have, all, we have the dogs here every week. I kind of want to run in now with a link of sausages and yeah. see if they... Just leave it on the window. Run sill. out into the garden with it. Yeah, <laughs> a, a hot pie on the windowsill. The dogs mm. be looking at it. <sighs> anyway, <laughs> I'll I'll just go into my life guff, I guess. Um. So anyway, after that absolutely hilarious dog story, <laughs> I have uh, my stories of the week are unfortunately less dog filled. Um, I've just been a bit ill, kind of this week. Um. Just a bit, a bit sinusy. You, you, you might recall from prior weeks we had we had our little COVID mm. scare. Turned out we didn't have COVID, but Natty had this like sinus infection anyway. And my proximity to her meant that I got it. 
and so I've been all signed to see the last week. But um, I'm kind of over the worst of it. Um, but basically, f- for that reason, I kind of did nothing all week. There might have been, there might have been dogs running around doing all the crazy stuff Joe said, ah, but yes. unfortunately, I wasn't able to go see it happen. So it is what it is. Uh, what I did unfortunately get to see was this week's football. I sat down of a Saturday evening to watch the second Manchester United Aston Villa game of the week after. Manchester United won the FA Cup game, the arguably less important of the two, and then threw away a 2-0 lead in the second game, baby, Um, which was very, very annoying. However, I think certainly the first half was one of the better performances I've seen from United since, certainly since Reinick took over, but this season, (laughs) taking into account all the... uh, even the matches that were won, all the terrible performances. I thought the first half was pretty strong. Mm. Uh, it's just becoming, you know, a real issue of this team that they're not able to hold on to a win. It was yeah. so inevitable. Even, even at, you know, w- w- when Villa's first one went in, I said, the collapse is happening. We're not going to hold on to this. And so it came to be. Um, And even with the, then there's the, the Martial situation where the manager saying, well, he didn't want to be in the squad and Martial put out on Instagram, his face saving like, Oh, I would never refuse to play for Man United, mm-hmm. which isn't, isn't necessarily what Vanik said exactly, but yeah, it just seems like the a- atmosphere overall is very, very bad. And I'm not sure what the quick fix for it is. Uh, Necessarily, I, I don't think there. Is, I don't think there's been a fix for the last eight years since Ferguson left. We're just no. <sighs> waiting for someone with a real fix to come in, and it's yet to be found. Maybe next. I week must. Can... I must say this, despite the fact that United went two 0 up and we're looking good, um, even though the second goal was kind of against the run of play. Yeah. Um, when I saw the team sheet come out, I was a little apprehensive about it. I didn't like the look of. Mm. Um, didn't like to look at the team, but um, yeah, <laughs> it wasn't great. It wasn't a great result, you know. Anytime you throw away a two 0 uh, win against Villa, who I think at the time were like fourteenth or fifteenth in the table, hmm. yeah, not not good. Sorry. Very 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 bad result. Um, so you would hope that Wednesday will be. A better time uh, home to Brentford I think that is who yeah are one of the worst form teams in the league so we'll see how that goes we'll see so what else happened well I watched the City Chelsea game as well Chelsea were very very poor in that uh, yeah I skipped that one to be honest you, you didn't watch that one well I gotta watch even, even as a neutral I gotta watch the heavyweight matches um, City yeah, Chelsea really have been so bad though it's like not not really worth what you know what I mean like they're not in such poor form and not so incohesive it's they're like, having their own much less yeah. serious crisis at the moment but yeah. uh they never look like scoring City didn't need to really get out of second gear to beat them uh and then I watched a bit of the very exciting West Ham Leeds game today uh oh that was which, good yeah I watched yeah which Leeds won by three goals to two uh very very exciting game very fun um but yeah, we'll see how Wednesday goes. Now, if United can't beat Brentford, 
Mm. Uh, <laughs> I don't know that that might be that that might be the 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 straw that breaks the camel's back in terms of oof, maybe I need to take a few weeks off watching this because it's just making me miserable. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. it's, it's such a mood killer. Um, when uh, you know when you're two 0 up and things are going good, you have Bruno Fernandez as your fancy football captain for the week. Oh god! Uh, banging the goals in, and then yeah, I mean that's the only shiny uh, silver lining to this is my mm. uh, my fancy football team is doing gangbusters this week. All my players have got like assists or clean sheets or goals, uh, and Fernandez as a as a captain in lieu of Salah, who I. That was my one swap this week. Fernandez for Salas and Salas mm. at the Cup of Nations mm. in Africa. Um, and then lastly, in terms of my life, goof, I got a, a, a book in the post this week. Oh, yeah. It's uh, Richard Osman's Off the Pointless, which we all love. The Thursday Murder Club. This is my, this is my dip in the toe into the world of actual books. Now, I'm not saying this is like, you know, War and Peace or anything, but... Um, <laughs> As far as as far as dipping your toe back into the world of, we're, we're of not knob. book snobs. We're not book snobs on the show. We're not book snobs here, and I you know, can probably just... guess that by the fact that we've reviewed about three books in eleven years. <laughs> <laughs> so this is a step. I've read the Da Vinci Code twice. So yeah. let's not let's not you know preach. <laughs> yeah, I didn't I didn't quite get it the first time around. It's a bit complicated. So let's read it twice. Yeah, Mona Lisa. What's that? Oh, what, what's Matt, going on? What, what, all these clues. Here. I don't know what's going on. Um, no, they, they're very popular books, uh, Mr. Osmond. Cool. So. Cool. Why does Just Dan Brown cool. in his books always have like an albino priest who's like uh, wh- whipping himself while having a wank? Why is that always in his books? Uh, just, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, an, it's an important part of Christianity as far as I understand it. But um, I don't know. I just obviously rather than this being a book that's very well regarded, I just know it's a very successful book. So I said, well, that'll do. I like Richard Osman. I like his, uh, I like him on Pointless and I like his little house of games, mm-hmm. which is his other show he does. So why not read his little book? So I, mm-hmm. I've read the first chapter of it, which is about five pages long. Uh, so hopefully I'll have a proper review of it coming up soon. And uh, then I'll, I think he's got three out at the moment. So then I'll yeah. branch into the second, third ones. But I believe it is. Natty asked me earlier, is it like a, a murder mystery whodunit? And I was like, I actually don't know. <laughs> but I think your first book was. And I believe all, like, it's like a mystery. It's an unsolved murder kind yeah. of situation deal. But um, I'm not very far into it. But at least it's not a Zelda book or something of that ilk. Although I did get, I don't know if I showed you guys. Oh, yeah. I did get oh, for Christmas very another nice. of those... Uh, Dark Horse produced video game mm. hardcovers. And you got the Super Mario Encyclopedia, which is uh, a hefty one, but one that I'm very, very fond of. Um, it's got, which is very useful for what I'm doing on Twitch at the moment, it's got uh, outlines of, like, say, the Super Mario 64 chapter. It's got, like, er- a description of every star in the game. So it's not a guide per se, it doesn't tell you how to do it, but it's like, you know. Mario flies through the sky to collect all the coins in this star. But correct. So it's really cool. Although it doesn't count Super Mario World 2 Yoshi's Island as a mainline Super Mario game, which is a controversial take, but one that I respect. (laughs) (laughs) Um, 
Yeah, I think that's pretty much the life guff. Natalie right. had a fall at, at her uh, roller skate. Uh, uh, head on the floor, of she's on oh, life guff. guff. Um, uh, that's basically it. And much like we don't often review books, we also don't talk that much about music, but we do have some music guff this week. Very intrigued to hear Paul's thoughts. This is one I've been meaning to get to myself, <laughs> but I haven't yet. Uh, talk us through it, Paul. Mm. Eh, not always. Yeah, well, we all we always review music these days. Uh, it's often often new, does it? But it was like January music off has become a kind of a force of its own lately. Yeah, I don't know if this actually counts as a twenty twenty two release because I'm not sure when it actually came out. Okay, so it is. Um, yeah, I listened to the Weekends new album, Dawn FM. Um. I would have said you were crazy a year ago if you told me that I would have sat down and listened to an album by the weekend. Uh, I, was, I was never really a fan of his until uh, Blinding Lights came along. That was the first of his that I I really properly enjoyed. Um, But, you know, it's pretty good. I don't know that's one that I'm going to revisit a lot going forward. Um, mm. It's obviously very, very 80s inspired. It's uh, It's very Michael Jackson inspired. And there's even some songs that have a little hint of the Mick Hucknell's Simply Red oh. to it. Um, what I like about it is that it's, it's I wouldn't call it a concept album, but it definitely seems to have a like through line through it. Mm. Um, with it, it, like The early songs are all about um, how do I get this girl to like me? How do I make you love me? I think it's the name of one of the songs on it. And then the latter songs are more about, you know, being in a relationship and it not working out or, you know, mm. uh, this and that. And then the very last track is like a poem read by Jim Carrey. Um, and it, it talks about like going to heaven and stuff like that. So it seems like there's kind of a, a life's journey throughout the album. Uh, I think the first half is very strong. I think this, the latter half, the songs aren't quite as catchy. They're a bit, I wouldn't call them ballady necessarily, but they're a little bit, mm. a little bit less uh, dancey, less drum beat driven um and certainly there's nothing on the album at all that uh comes close to blending lights even like my favorite song on it would probably be uh oh i forget the name of it now it was the the first single they released off it um let me just look it up quickly here uh it's called take my breath i think that's probably the strongest song on the album but even that's like not close to blinding lights. So that's a little bit unfortunate. I was hoping that there'd be uh, a handful of tracks that are really, you know, strong candidates for the, the pop hit of the summer. But, you know, I thought it was good. I, nothing that I would probably go out of my way to listen to again. Aside from maybe one or two tracks on it that I thought were good. The rest were fairly, fairly forgettable and fairly, I, mean, I don't want to say derivative, but, you know, you could, you, it wears its influences on a sleeve. It's, mm. it's it's pretty cut and dry about that and it's you know it's really in your face about how how 80s it all is and actually the album as it's called dawn fm it has a uh also a through line of being like songs being played on a radio station so it will have like these right. interstitials where it's like whoosh dawn dawn fm <laughs> um i don't know why they decided to go with that but that's the thing it does um so 
that's my review of the weekend's Dawn FM. You know, it's fine. It's good. Yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm quite a big fan of the the weekend. So I did give that a brief listen, but not a proper one. So I might listen to that again. But uh, yeah, but what, did you, not, what did you make of it? I quite liked it. I haven't. There was no sort of tracks that really jumped out at me in the way that like blinded mm. blinded lights did. Um, Agreed. It's just one of my favorite songs of the last sort of four or five years. Um, yeah, but I'll give it a listen to see what happens. I'm not a big album guy these days. You know, I've been Spotify appealed and I just listen to <laughs> yeah, this, this is the yeah. weekend, you know, yeah. or playlists. So. Or Daniel Craig, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I feel this bit he does. Oh, yeah. The old meme. Uh, anyway, we'll, uh, we'll jump on here to the next guff. Uh, telly for the week. I haven't gotten any telly this week. I don't know. I, I was just literally just yelling at post office workers all week, so I didn't get to watch any telly. I'm all behind on my uh, my Boba Fett's and my uh, I didn't start that new season of Euphoria yet. Um, I kind of, oh, I like, did. I did start that. Actually. How was it? Um, do you like cocks, baby? Because there were a lot of <laughs> cocks on display in it. <laughs> I, I mean, I I do appreciate their um um. Uh, uh, permeating of cocks on uh, in the television yeah. space, where where typically there is not a lot. Yeah, equality. There is there is an equality of cock too, Fanny. Mm. Um, <laughs> no, but it, apart apart from the cocks, it was I just, just not as good as the first season mm. for me. Like it was kind of just very stylistic, and I know it's it's very much like a style over substance show anyway. Yeah, but this one felt just all style, nothing too much kind of going on, and I yeah yeah. I, didn't really like it. Bit over the top for me. Yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, we'll we'll probably do a double header there this week once it's um, yeah. Uh, uh, once we once we get back into the swing of things here. But that aside, Euphoria aside, uh, <laughs> what have we been watching this week, gentlemen? Uh, what have we been watching? Uh, so we just started today actually um, this series called Yellow Jackets. Mm. Uh, which is kind of a mystery, uh, mystery sort of flashback, uh, a little bit of a lost kind of. I've heard it's very lost vibe to it. Yeah, yeah about a, a playing a, a young female soccer team that crashes uh, somewhere. Not really sure. A where plane they crash and flashbacks. Plane crash, and then it kind of flashes back to their like younger selves. Did the, you accidentally just put "lost" on by mistake? Uh, it was yeah. What's the dinosaur about? That's a bit weird. Oh. Um, yeah, it's it's quite good so far. It's got Christina Ricci and Juliette Lewis in it, so it's yeah, it's pretty good. It kind of it's one of those where it jumps all over the place, and you don't often get a chance to really let the characters sink in, which mm. is a bit of a kind of bugbear of mine. Where I think they almost try to do too much, and it's like, well, you know, give us give us a reason to care. And then start doing all the jumping around and all the mystery and all the blah, 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 blah. But um, yeah, no, two episodes in, it's, it's quite enjoyable. So we'll, we'll finish out the 10 episode season and see where that goes. But yeah, good, good little, good little show. Uh, recently, we've been catching up with a British show called The Midwife, which is a show set in the 50s. It was set in the 50s when it originally started. It was about kind of nuns and midwives in the 50s in the East End of London, like helping... <laughs> helping babies be born and all that and oh we're poor but we're having babies and you know we don't have we don't have the nhs yet so we need nuns to help and all that um but it is a very good show i we you know michelle's a really big fan of it and i've kind of gone into it it is a very is a real tearjerker they have a lot of kind of sad quite sort of sentimental bits so i do i do enjoy that 
Um, definitely would recommend that as well to anyone who's checked it out. And we also watched episode two of uh, the Boba Fett, the Book of Boba Fett. Mm. Um, I didn't only enjoy it as much as the first one. Um, I think it was I can't. We talked about this a few weeks ago. It might Barry, might have been Barry that said it, but without all like the mask and the cool gear on and everything, <laughs> he does just look like Victor Meldrew. <laughs> 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 it's like if yeah, Victor Meldrew in on Tatooine just beating people up, and it's like uh, yeah, I'm not sure it's that interesting to be honest. I'm not really sure what it's like. Per- what Boba Fett's kind of purpose is like, what is he striving for? I'm not really sure. Yeah, uh, in the way that the Mandalorian ha- kind of has like a purpose, and he's looking after the baby Yoda and everything. Like yeah, and it, I did, I didn't really get much out of it to be honest. It was just a lot of kind of fight scenes, but not really particularly interested in who was winning or who was losing. So I'll probably watch the rest of them, but it kind of, yeah, hopefully it needs to pick up a bit of steam sooner rather than later for me. Mm. So yeah, that's mainly what what I've been watching this week. I've also been watching Boba Boy. Boba. The the book of Boba Fett, which is Mm. funny enough, Richard Osman's Thursday Murder Club. (laughs) Um, Yeah, I've watched the first three. I'm all caught up on it. Uh, yeah, it's, it's, uh, I don't know how to describe it. I don't know that it's like objectively bad, but it's really uninteresting. <laughs> I think yeah. that's the main issue. I think episode two was the weakest of the three, um, which is in part due to the fact that it's also the longest by about 15 minutes. Hmm. Um, when it comes to these shows, I feel like 30, 35 minutes is the sweet spot. So when you when you turn on Disney Plus and you see fifty two minutes, ugh, I do let out a little groan. Yeah, um, it it makes me want to put off watching it to be honest because that's too it's too long for how little substance you get with these shows. And episode two, Joe, mm. uh, obviously, want to talk in specifics for those who haven't seen it, but like again, we we go back to the point of like Star Wars is a, an environment in which you can be infinitely creative. Mm-hmm. right um and and yet what we find ourselves doing in episode two is that same train fight scene you've seen in a million movies and tv shows where the characters are fighting on top yeah. of the train and yeah. one's crouching down oh don't let the thing hit you on the head and the, the, the and one guy falls <laughs> off the side and there's guys coming up through the yeah like so boring like we've seen this exact scene a million times um and yeah, I don't know. I just I, I found it um a little bit laborious. I thought episode three was slightly better, but mm. had a lot of the same issues. And also episode th- what episode three does really badly is it introduces like a new little group of characters, but yeah. never like introduces them properly. You don't get any backs that and okay, fair enough, you might say, well, that might come in episode four, but like they're quite substantially in episode three. You don't know who they are, what their backstory mm-hmm. is, what their motivations are. You know, it's just like, oh, here's some characters. Uh, now watch stuff happen. Yeah. Um, and to your point about yellow jackets, like it's so critically important in shows like this, even more so when they've got a very short runtime, is that you don't introduce way too many characters and that mm-hmm. the characters that you do have want people to care about that you clearly establish who they are and what their motivations are. Um, and to your point about Boba Fett, I don't think that's truly actually no. happened. Like he, no. he's he's the daimyo of that little area of Tatooine, but like, what does that yeah. mean to him? 
you know why, why I, yeah i don't know why why does he he's just a bounty hunter why is he suddenly doing why is he yeah. the mayor, mayor of fucking chili town like who cares i don't <laughs> why does he care why why is he why should is retire look at him he's a hundred yeah and boba fett does the thing as well of the flashbacks which i think actually the flashbacks are infinitely more interesting aside from the train scene that i mentioned i think they're actually way more interesting than the current day stuff mm. um him and the tuscan raiders but like i just think the show overall is is i don't know it's like they just haven't put enough effort or thought into it it, it feels really bare minimum like i said in terms of the creativity of what you could possibly do with it, it feels super safe super yeah. derivative like the the amount of directions you could go in and the, what they do is shit action like all three episodes so far have had bad action in them and uh, mm. the, i mentioned previously the the shield the red shield mm. fight scene in episode one it was like warrior princess stuff uh the train scene in episode two super super road uh and then episode three similarly has like really bad action as well so not for me i think i'd say <laughs> i'll like i'll continue watching it if the episodes are 35 if if, if i turn on episode four and it's for 55 minutes long again i don't know that might be it for me i might tap out but um and also a critique that I would say about it is a lot of, especially the modern day stuff, I feel like feels too close to stuff they've done on Mandalorian. Already. Yeah. Um, which is another point in the fact that it doesn't feel new or creative. It just feels like a bit of a retread of themes and stuff. And visually it looks very like Mandalorian. So yeah, uh, I'm not a huge fan of the, the book of Boba Fett, unfortunately. Um, but what I have been enjoying is Jackass. Oh, I, oh. Uh, because the uh, the new movies come out soon, Jackass Forever. So, Jackass movies anyway are things that I revisit from time to time. I find them a very easy watch. Um, you know, you can just stick them on. You don't even need to watch the whole movie because they're like very so skip based. You can turn on the Jackass movie for half an hour. Oh, you're kicking the dick, oh, whatever, and it's good fun, you know. Um, but one thing I've never done is actually go back and rewatch the TV show. Mm-hmm. Um, because due to a variety of reasons, you know, right movie, uh, sorry, music rights and getting sign off from people on various things, uh, they never have released the TV series in its entirety on DVD or streaming. They they did put out like a box set, which I own, but that box set is like a best of. It's actually not the entire mm. series. Um, but I found online. A little source where I was able to, you know, get my hands on the three series in their entirety. So I've been watching a couple episodes of that. Very, very fun. But obviously, in comparison to the movies, very, very uh, low key. Well, yeah, that was the fun. Very simple. And that was the fun of it. Yeah, like some skits are just driving a bike into a bush. <laughs> you know, it's, it's literally as simple as that, which I guess in part is why it was so... Um, adapted by you know teens and so on and so copied you know because because of simplicity of it and one thing that you you um need to remember as well is like jackass forever is going to introduce a lot of new people aside from the uh the core cast who've done the first two movies but you watch the first jackass and sometimes there's skits starring people you've just never heard of yeah it's so it doesn't have that same like the core nine people in the tv series it's not always them i guess it is in the latter series once it established who the key people were and what what the show was but in season one you just have a skit and 
like none of the people are in it's just some other person um because i guess it was kind of a hodgepodge of lots of different sources before they again established what the show is actually gonna be but i'm watching that and it is good fun um and also drag race as i said last week Ooh. is back and uh so what they do on rupaul's drag race is they do like a split premiere so they introduce the first half of the cast week one second half of the cast week two and uh so we watched week two this uh today as a matter of fact and there is a dr- historical rupaul's drag race first on the show a cisgendered straight man is competing what okay yeah um, which has never happened in the 14 years that the show has been on the air. So there is a, a straight lad who is competing. And the moment, there, there was, ironically, I, I, like a coming out moment <laughs> where um, he, he was kind of keeping it quiet, uh, I think, initially because he didn't want to be judged. Mm-hmm. Um, he wanted his like drag, I guess, to speak for itself. He didn't mm-hmm. want people to judge him based on that. And then every episode RuPaul will kind of come in and individually interview them prior to like the big challenge. Say, okay, what's your, you know, approach going to be the, the, and RuPaul is just like out some as, so you're the first ever like straight guy here. And all the other people, <laughs> they're all turning around. They're all shocked. Um, because there has been a through line in past seasons where, uh, a common thread is that a lot of these people were like bullied as youths. And so there is a kind of, um inherent like phobia of straight people mm. um because of the way that they're, they're treated especially drag being such sure. like an, an out there flamboyant art form and so now for there to be like a straight man in the cast and ironically they've all taken really well to him and he's you know he was taken into the pack so to speak but i thought that was uh, a really interesting first for the show to have um for a show that's only very recently uh, kind of accepted trans people into it, right? Um, for, weirdly, for a show that's always been about like uh, kind right. of mixing up the lines in a sense yeah. between Ru- gender. Ru- RuPaul, norms. RuPaul's got himself in in some in some hot water in the in past some hot water over the years for uh, you know for that. True, um, but yeah, now now it seems like the show is just you know drag. Drag is not necessarily specific to any individual type of person or anything so the show is uh as i said probably the best cast they've had in a few years i thought last year's was really poor in fact this year lots of very funny people lots of very creative people so i'm looking forward to the show uh more than i have been for a while i'm I'm, I'm really in on this season i'm gonna properly enjoy it all righty uh, I think that is all our telegraph for this week. Uh, we'll jump in to movie guff. I just watched one film this week. Pleasantly surprised by it, though. I watched the third Matrix movie, mm. Revolutions. And I, for a movie, like both the Matrix sequels have their detractors. I feel like most people say two is at least, you know, okay. I thought two was really good, and I thought three was pretty good. Not the weakest, easily, but but I still thought Matrix Three was a dang fine time. I think its problem is that the second and third Matrix movies are kind of these. It's not that they're not as high concept as the first one, but it's kind of like they are more. 
sort of about the literal story of the war between the humans and the the yeah. the machines and it's like no we're making our war saga sci-fi epic and i think it's actually really the third one is a really good film of that nature but it's just i think just what hurts those sequels is that the first one is so here are these fucking concepts, man. <laughs> and, and not only not only here are these concepts, but he, we're portraying them as extremely cool as possible. Yeah. Um, uh, and then the this, the second and third movie is like, okay, well, we've shown you what the world is. Now we're going to tell our little stories in it, and I still think that's pretty good. Um, I, mm. you know, I think I think uh, it looked pretty good. It sounded pretty good. It, it was kind of interesting that the center chunk of it just really does feel like a sci-fi war movie um, with a big emphasis on like the ensemble cast, as opposed to Neo who they then reset center on for the final act, of course. Um, but I liked it a lot. And I, I um, uh, I was very pleasantly surprised because I was kind of putting it off, but I wanted to see it before I saw resurrections and uh, yeah, really, really, really liked it uh, for what it was. I, I I would have to say that's that's among one of the better like blockbuster trilogies I can recall. Um, uh, you know those are a rarity um, to to nail the third one. Um, mm. So yeah, uh, thumbs up. I went. I think I went like like three and a half on Letterboxd for for Resurrections. Four for Reloaded. I think I went four and a half for the first one. No, I wouldn't argue with anyone. I went five for Matrix One. Um, yeah. That's my only film this week. I will get around to Resurrections at some state. We'll probably just watch it here because trying to get to the cinema is just with with an eight o'clock curfew is just ridiculous. So we'll probably just watch <laughs> we'll just watch Resurrections at home. So yeah, that's my one movie. Uh, well, I've I've got one movie uh, to review. Um, so I, I watched um, the Eternals. On Disney nah. Plus. Well, I say I watched it. I didn't actually watch it. Um, and I'm going to go into a bit. Of, this will be a bit of a mini spoiler cast, right? So if you haven't seen it, Paul, have you seen it? No, I haven't seen it. So oh, okay. I'll, I'll, I'll take my headphones well, off. And you, you can put a little doodly-doo when you're... Actually, you know what? There isn't, there isn't really any like major spoilers. Oh, I'm going to review you like... To, you don't want it to be spoiled when, when Blingo says... <laughs> but the humans... They need to be saved, and then Corv felt was like, "Yeah, but it is not for us." Such as that. I'm, oh, I'm only so I only watched the first twenty minutes, and then I watched the end credits. Right, <laughs> so I'm going to review the first twenty minutes. So there's not really, you know, it's not really okay, spoilers. And then if you want to skip the end credits, then skip. <laughs> if you're really that bothered about fucking, it's me, Blorco, showing up. <laughs> um, <laughs> right. So the first 20 minutes, I didn't really know too much about the film. I, I knew it was like some group of super, not superhuman, but like eternal beings that fucking exist and are on Earth for some reason and whatever. There's a load of them as well. It's like 50 of them. Um, but I didn't really know what the film was about. So I switched it on and basically it starts with your man, uh, Jon Snow from Game of Thrones. He's in it. He plays yeah. a teacher. He's at the Natural History, History Museum in London. I didn't know it was set in London, so I was like, oh, that's good. I always like, you know, seeing my hometown on cinema. I'm a sucker mm-hmm. for that. Um, so he's teaching at the Natural History Museum, a bunch of kids, right? Then Gemma Chan, who's a British, kind of Chinese-British actress, she shows up. 
I think the two of them are like shacked up together or something. And they're all, you know, like, oh, hello, it's me. And it's you. a bit of flirting and all that, right? So they're in this kid, in the classroom, these kids. There's like, uh, the room starts shaking, right? The whole building starts shaking. And she's like, oh no, it's an earthquake. And I'm like, an earthquake in London. Like, what the mm. fuck are you talking about? <laughs> yeah. Like, like you've just had five years of like super villains and big aliens invading. Why would you assume it's an earthquake? I'd probably assume that it was like fucking Doctor Strange or one of these other knobheads yeah, doing. It's Mister yeah. Tectano banging it's his fist. Tectano, yeah, pissing about. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, so that happens, and then it goes on, and then they're having they're going on, and she's like, Jon Snow's like, oh, I reckon you're actually uh, some sort of. <laughs> witch like that dr strange and she's like no no i'm not a witch john i'm I'm (laughs) human and anyway they end up in by a canal in london and i was quite excited because i recognized the bit of the canal where they were (laughs) up in there uh like when paul saw that that yeah paul was watching the green night yeah i was like oh canal Uh, and then they end up um at camden lock um in north london which uh, side note, I actually stood by that for two hours once waiting for a friend of mine to show up to go to the pub. But that's another story. I'm not going <laughs> to get into that now. But anyway, that triggered me. Um, so they're, they're in the street and then like one of the sort of villains turns up. I forget what they're called. It's like the delinquents or the yeah, diabolicals. Yeah, some, or some, some bollocks. fucking goofy. Um, so one of these one of these big CGI things turns up. They start fighting with it. It's fine. You know, it's all right at this point. Um, and then uh, your man... Um, Rob Stark turns up from Game of Thrones. He's in it as well, right? So he turns up and he starts fighting with this monster thing and they beat it. And then a double-decker bus comes along and it turns into like a big... Uh, she turns it into rose petals or something like that. Mm. Pretty cool. Um, and then like Jon Snow and Rob Stark have a little stare down and I was like, hey, hey, <laughs> Game of Thrones. <laughs> yeah, that was good. Um, and then, yeah, Jon Snow's a little bit put out because Rob Stark and Gemma Chan are, apparently were shagging. And Rob Stark's like, yeah, I've been shagging this wee lassie for 5,000 years, pal. All of this. <laughs> There's been a murder. <laughs> um, and so they have a little thing. And then Jon Snow and Gemma Chan go off and they have some of the absolute worst banter I've ever heard in my yeah. life. Absolute, oh, interminable stuff about a giraffe or something. Um, and he asks her, he says, okay, so you guys have been here for like 5,000 years. Why don't you intervene in like wars and 9-11 and famine and stuff? And she's like, oh, well, you know, we want you to learn from your mistakes. Otherwise humans would never develop. And it's like, yeah, okay. Well, we had two world wars. So I don't think we do really learn from our fucking mistakes, do we? Otherwise we probably would have just had one. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so... Uh, so that was all okay. This was like typical Marvel stuff, like, you know, the usual jokes and a bit of action. It was fine. Then they flash back to ancient Babylon and you meet the people of Baba and you, you meet like the rest of the Eternals and they are the most boring, arrogant group of pe- characters you'll ever see in a film. It's like... Um, Salma Hayek's there, Angelina Jolie, uh, Barry Kearns there, um, your man from Get Out's there. There's a couple of others milling around. <laughs> you don't really get introduced to any of them. It's all quite boring. Um, and that goes on for like 10 minutes. And they keep, there's all this dialogue like, oh, we we received the exocrystal of Makakfmanak and then... <laughs> That's why the Eternal sent us to Earth to save the humans from the Macaque-Philippe-Chinkata. And it's like, what the fuck are they talking about? I have no idea what's going on. 
And um, that's when I like said, oh, okay, I can't watch any more of this. And I just forwarded, um, forwarded through it to the end, much like the last five minutes. Uh, and then the end credits. Countless reiterations of, oh, no, the, fat teen, you cannot get involved <laughs> in human business. And he's like, but, but Griggles for, I must... <laughs> The humans, they're not ready for this technology. Brian Tyree Henry's character is literally called Fatso, I'm fairly sure. <laughs> or Fasto. I think it's oh, Fasto, no. but it's like every time they say, where's Fatso? I'm like, what? <laughs> oh, unbelievable. And so then I want, like, obviously there's always a credits bit. So Paul, if you don't want to know what happened in the credits, please take your headphones off now. It's nothing major. But yeah, halfway through the credits... So they end up, like, some of the Eternals end up back on their, like, big spaceship thing, right? And they're all on there having a chat. And then suddenly, like, a character arrives, walks in, and goes, it's me, Blorco. Literally, it's-, <laughs> it's literally that scene. He just walks in like he's supposed to know who it is. And it's, it's Harry Styles, right? He's this <laughs> character who apparently introduces himself as Thanos' brother. Yeah. Right? But... And he's one of the Eternals. He's come to kind of join their little group. But he doesn't look like a big purple Phil Mitchell guy. Like, he looks right. like Harry Styles from X Factor. It, but, you know, <laughs> and he was, he was fine. Like, he does a bit of, you know, a few jokes and stuff. He was fine. Except he had this little sidekick who was, like, like a little troll orc little thing. Dobby. Little Dobby. Yeah. And the CGI was really bad, I thought. It looked really crap. Like, I, I wasn't into that at all. But anyway, so he does the whole intro thing and they're like, yeah, yeah, the Eternals, we're, we're back. Blah, blah, blah. So that happened. And then right at the end, after the, the all the credits, Jon Snow's back and he's in his office and he's got like a box with some Latin written on the side. Uh, and he opens it up and it's like a sword, some kind of shiny black magic sword type thing. And he's going to pick it up when suddenly someone off screen is like, are you sure you're ready for that? And it's like, ooh. And um, they didn't show who it was and they didn't kind of credit who it was. Mm. Um, but I later read, I don't know, do you know who it is, Barry? I have no it? idea, no. Do you, Paul, have you read, heard about this? I don't even know what The Eternals is about. So yeah, no, but this is even, this, to be honest, this is not related to The Eternals at yeah, all, this yeah. bit. This is was like, it Blorco? No, so apparently it was Mahershala Ali as Blade. Oh, okay, that makes sense. Okay, so right. that's well, what actually, I read. It doesn't make sense. Why no, it doesn't make any sense. Terrible, that's yeah. what I was wondering. Like, why are why is Jon Snow? He's he's going to be a character called the Black Knight or something, right? Okay. Um, which I'm kind of interested in. I wouldn't mind seeing him like doing the Jon Snow stuff again with a sword and sure. being a bit of a knight. Yeah. That'd be all right. Yeah, he was good at that. But yeah, I was like, wow, okay. So you they kind of hooked me in a little bit, if I'm honest, with that final scene because I was like, Jon Snow is the knight. And Blade, yeah. Like what the fuck are they going to be in the Avengers? I was going to. So anyway, I give the Eternals based on the twenty minutes I saw of it, a, two and a half stars. <laughs> it was it was really boring, and I just could not sit through. And this, like, I watched half an hour, and there was over two hours left, and I was so like, I can't, I cannot sit so through the rest of this. It's so bad. You missed you missed your like legally mandate. You missed Selma Hayek going. After the blip, oh, the blip, humanity was not the same. I'm like, oh, fuck off. Oh, my God. No. If I have to hear that word, if I have to hear that word one the more blip. time, the blip. it's such a stupid fucking name. Oh, my God. Oh, no. <sighs> yeah, so the, that was my review of The Eternals. I, I am looking forward to him, Mahershala Ali as Blade, but I don't yeah. want him to reference Thanos or the, uh, the blip. 
Why would no. a vampire care about the blip? No, I want them to do a multiverse and bring Wesley Snipes in. That's what they should oh, do. Hell yeah. Oh, that'd, be, yeah. that'd be good. Anyway. Anyway, that was that. That was that. I want them to do a multiverse and bring Niall Horan in. <laughs> As Blade. As, As, <laughs> As Quarko, uh, Thanos' other brother. I don't know. Okay, I will watch The Eternals at some point, but my God, that does not sound super appealing. But speaking of, I've watched half an hour and there's two hours left. I watched a film this week called Don't Look Up ah. <laughs> at the Comet. Um, now I know I'm, I'm the third I know you guys have both seen it already yes and I will yeah. say I've looked at your letterbox reviews and I, I, I am more in the Joe Towner side of things unfortunately Ooh. than the Barry Murphy side of things although I definitely see Barry your point of view sure um, I found it kind of surprisingly breezy I thought it was a, a, quite an easy watch um, at no point was I bored uh, unlike the Eternals, um, I will say you know the the allegory is fairly on the nose to the mm. point that it is a little too on the nose. Um, mm. I especially wasn't a fan of Jonah Hill's character in it because he was he was kind of the one aspect of it that felt a little too broad for me. Um, I thought they did a, a fairly good job of keeping everything somewhat. S- <laughs> somewhat subtle it's, it's not subtle at all but you know somewhat subtle and then jonah hill is like so over the top in being like this annoying goof character mm. like, he, he's a little too a little too silly for this world um and i know it was probably the point as well but i i thought ariana grande's performance is pretty dreadful uh, also um, even I couldn't even buy her as you know a, a fake version a, of herself, a, fa- a fake airheaded pop princess. You know, I, I just thought her lines came off super forced, and I, I understand the point of her whole character is that like she's living this fake life where she's having like a breakup on E Online or whatever. But I thought everyone else was really good in it. I thought DiCaprio and Jennifer Lawrence did a lot of the heavy lifting. I thought both of them were very good in it probably one of the better Jennifer Lawrence mm-hmm. performances I've seen in quite a while. She didn't look like she was absolutely miserable and wanting to be anywhere else in the world. Uh, although that might've been reserved specifically for when she was mystique. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought she was actually really good. In this. She was probably maybe the best performance in the whole movie. Uh, it was refreshing to watch Meryl Streep in a film that she hasn't been Oscar nominated for. <laughs> uh, because in the years I've been doing the Oscar movies, I've watched so much shit with Meryl Streep. In. <laughs> it was just refreshing to be like, okay, I'm not watching this movie specifically for her, so I can kind of enjoy her performance in it. Um, yeah, I mean, is it too long? Yes. Um, is it hit and miss? Yes. Although I think it hits more than it misses. Um, although I will say one one of the biggest misses, I think, uh, was in one of the one of the most critical parts of the movie, and it actually knocked it down half a star, in my opinion. Uh, it was there at the very very end of a movie of the movie, right? Mm. There is this like uh, dinner scene, or I don't know if they're having dinner per se, but they're kind of yeah, around, yeah, I know, right? I know, yeah, sitting around the table in a dining scene, and after two hours of you know wink wink nudge nudge uh, satire and parody. The characters very po-facedly say, like, oh, truly 
we were the monsters. <laughs> like, <laughs> you're like, yes, I understand what you've been doing for two hours. You don't then at the end of the two hours have to like lay it on the table and be like, yeah. you know, we really had it all, didn't we? I think that's the line that he says. You're like, mm. yeah. Yep. I I got I got the point of the movie already. Don't worry. You know, <laughs> it wasn't that subtle that I, you know, I, I I didn't have an epiphany at that point to go, oh God, <laughs> they've thrown it all away. Um actually I really liked Mark Rylance in as well. I thought he was so weird that it kind of worked. Mm. Um what I will say as well though is I didn't find it like funny. I thought like No, no. I would I would describe it as the kind of humor that you don't laugh at, you just go, Oh, that's kind of clever. Yeah. Mm. And it's <laughs> you know? quite, kind of like the general point of the movie. There's like a couple of jokes in it, and you're like, Ew. and it just makes those jokes over and over and over. Like the, the talk show they keep going back to. It's like, okay, yeah. you're, you're not doing a unique joke every time you go back to the talk show. It's just, oh, isn't it funny? They're being so glib. The world's going to end, and they don't. But yeah, I know. You showed me that two hours ago. <laughs> I know. And the film does do a lot of dragging things out beyond yeah. uh, the breaking point um but yeah i mean i i think overall i i, I think most it mostly worked for me i think it was just just the right side of kind of middling i think i went like three stars on it um another point about it that i've now forgotten but uh you know i, I, thought, I thought it was, it was mostly okay it's mostly okay um, let me just quickly look at my letterbox to see if I wrote down what that point was. I don't, <laughs> I don't remember what my own point about the film was. That's what's but, good uh, about and, th- and that's what's good about a movie like that is you have an opinion about it that you immediately forget. No, I mean, look, maybe I enjoyed it more because I went in with very low expectations. I know, I know Joe is a big uh, Adam McKay uh, fan, uh, <sighs> s- specifically uh, The Big Short and big Succession. Short. Yeah, I mean, I don't know how involved he is in Succession, to be honest. He directed the first episode, didn't he? And he's, he, he's directed. We didn't create it, you know. He's he's directed yeah. it, but yeah, I do. I mean, I do love the Big Short, it, absolutely. Um, yeah. But I kind of wonder if, when he's not adapting a very you know good book <laughs> by a good writer <laughs> and writing the screenplay himself, is it yeah. the same level of you know quality? Yeah. I will say the. I'm not saying I'm not making comparison that it's as good at all. I will say there were like momentary flashes where I was reminded of like the tone of succession. Um, But that being said, I also like, I fucking hated vice, um, which I watched, as I mentioned, watched because it was Oscar nominated. I thought it was absolutely rubbish. Uh, So I went into this kind of having been burned and maybe that's why Mm -hmm. it kind of surprised me a little bit in how much I I enjoyed it. Um, But yeah, I mean, it's 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 it is seemingly a very divisive movie, like uh, Matrix Resurrections. And again, I find myself just kind of in the middle on it. I don't know. I didn't love it, but I also didn't hate it. But Fair I think enough. Barry. I think I. I think Barry hit the nail on the head where this could have been a tight hour and a half, and I think it would have, would have been much better for it. Sure. Um. Yeah. So that, is that all our movies? It is. Yes. yes. Alrighty, we will jump then to the game golf uh, again. I have not really been playing. I'm trying to think. Did I play a single fucking thing this week? I don't, other than Wordle, I don't believe I did. Uh, so, Paul, do you want to take us through your games this week? 
Yeah, well, I completed a few games. Uh, Yoshi's Island, aka Super Mario World 2, 100%ed. Uh, did everything in that game. Takes nice. much, much longer than Super Mario World to 100%. So mm. that's one thing I didn't really consider going in. Uh, I mentioned this last week is with Mario World, you're at most looking for one or two exits in a level. So you you get the normal exit, and then if you see the little colored dot on the level select screen, you're, oh, there's another finish. There's another exit here. Yoshi's Island, you need to get five flowers, 20 red coins, and finish with full health to get hundred a, a score of 100%. Finish with full health? That's a bit. Yeah. But you can also, uh, you unlock, like, items as you go, and one of them is to, like, bump your health back up the top. So... It's, it's not a problem. Even if you get hit right before you hit the end of the level, you can use your item and it'll put you back up to full health. So it's it's fine. Um, but it took way longer. It took me, like, I, I 100%ed Mario World in about two hours. Um, Yoshi's Island, I'd say, took closer to about 10. Because <laughs> um, you have six worlds, eight levels per world, plus one bonus level you unlock when you 100% the core levels, which I then 100%ed as well. Um, but yeah, it's a fantastic game. <laughs> I would recommend it. Maybe not. I wouldn't recommend maybe you don't bother 100%ing it, but it's definitely a game that I would recommend people play and finish. Uh, introduce a lot of core concepts that still are part of the mainline Mario games today, notably the red coin collecting. Mm. Um, but also, like the first game, Yoshi shot eggs or, or used Yoshi's little flutter jump. They, they all originated in there. Uh, and the character of Baby Mario originates from that. And uh, Bowser Jr., his first appearance. He was obviously famously in Mario Sunshine. His first appearance was in Yoshi's Island as well. Uh, but that's 100%. Also finished, definitely didn't 100%, but finished Forza Horizon 5. Uh, what I mean by that is, like, Forza does have, like, main story missions. Yeah. So I did all of those and did all the side quest missions as well. Um Finished at level eighty-four. Wow! Said said that's enough for me. <laughs> As like I I I in the end did very much enjoy Forza. I I would still have reservations about it being like a game of the year or a ten out of ten game. I think it definitely has. Um, I think it definitely has issues in when it tries to tell a story. I think it does really badly. Um, there are some like side story missions you do where it's like. Uh, help this girl with her grandfather's history of like tinkering uh, with car yeah, and like the, the cuts the cutscenes are terrible yeah they go on forever the acting is terrible the the char- human characters look terrible the i hate i actually hated all the story content in this know, game it also it also does a thing and far cry does this as well was someone pointed this out to me like a couple of months ago you will never be able to hear this any game i should you know any game that has like um, uh, Latino characters in it. Yeah. What? What do they do? Do people who write video games think that just when you if you go to Mexico City, they speak English and they just throw a random Spanish word in the sentence? I know exactly what you're saying. It's, it's like it's so, Spanglish. It's so like not only like it's like so patronizing. I'm kind of like just just put some honkies in the game if you're going to write the the the, <laughs> the the latino characters that way it's so lame it's so so lame and it's it's kind of like it's kind of just so cringe inducing it's just it screams to me like we did not have a person 
who actually is from this area write this character. It always well, see, I don't even necessarily have a problem with that because when you watch movies like a Coco or Encanto or even like yeah. In the Heights, you know, they do use a lot of Spanishisms when talking amongst each other and, and so on. The problem is in Forza, like my character that I created is like an English fella, you know? <laughs> yeah. It's like, why are you talking to me this way? I don't know what those words are. <laughs> right. Maybe you know, uh, your character might be a, a, a linguist. Perhaps, but it comes off like uh, what I call Ross Naroon Irish. Oh, okay. Where, for those who don't know, Ross Naroon is a, an Irish language soap opera. Uh, but where they'll just throw English words in and they'll be saying, uh, we may kind of like Michael August, you know, like, uh, <laughs> knock will shake completely out of control. Um, and so you're like, well, is this for Irish people or English people? Why is ha- why are half the sentences in English? Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I, I pretty universally hated the story in inverted commas, the story stuff. Right. Uh, I thought a lot of the, um, more elaborate like race events were really cool but also some of them were just the illusion of being a race i felt like right um there's some where you're racing like against monster trucks or somewhere you're ra- against guys on jet skis guys and obviously bikes, they do that multiple times yeah, yeah they have to be ahead of you so they can jump out for the the, the little oh you go over a jump and it goes slow motion and the bikes are oh it's fucking cool and then by the end of the race, they slow down so you can pass them and win the yes. race. I, you know, the exact- it, it never feels like an authentic race. It's like uh, it's more like an interactive cutscene, which isn't super bad. But the way it frames it as a race, like beat these guys to the finish. Uh, but you can't pass them until the end when we let you. Right. It's like, well, why? Why am I trying to like go real fast? Then it's 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 an illusion. It's, it's not. A, it's not a. There was like a an, an event in the last one as well that was like a Halo themed race where right. you get in the warthog and halo ships would be flying past you but like if you actually think about it as you play through it's like uh, there's actually nothing happening in this i'm just i'm just driving a, a boring yeah. course on my own but over the top of me goes the master chief is here it's just like it's just doing that uh yeah and those like because they even do what you're describing in the intro for the last game and this game they've got people flying all over you and then they redo it multiple times throughout the campaign yeah and those are cool. Those are fun until you see through the veneer. Right. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I thought it was a really fun game when you're racing. And that's the strength of it. And when you're just driving, like I have like a Formula One car that I use all the time, basically. Mm-hmm. And when, I, when I was driving to like the destination, I would just drive in a straight line over hills. And I'm flying basically through the air because I'm going 250 miles an hour um, over hills and racking up combos because I'm just going so fast. Then eventually I hit it into a tree or something. But um that's when the game is really fun. When it slows down, and these cutscenes are so fucking long, by the way, which I, mm. if it wasn't on a solid state drive, I would be suspicious that I'm like, these are definitely like loading screens hidden behind these. Well, it is still on the old systems, <laughs> so it may, it may, may well, well still be doing that regardless, even though it doesn't have to for you. <laughs> but um, oh, painful, painful stuff in there. But overall, the game is, is, is good fun, um, if only as a kind of mindless in a kind of burnout way, I suppose. Mm. And then finally, I'm back on the old Twitch gimmick, the old streaming gimmick. I did a couple of Super Mario Galaxy streams. Okay. Uh, picking up from where you left off, Barry, with Mario Sunshine. That's it. Um, thinking to myself, or, or, and Bowser's Fury as well, of course, thinking these Mario streams are the fucking best to watch and the best to play. It's the most fun. Uh, unfortunately, Barry... 
I'm too fucking good at Mario oh, Galaxy. Here he comes. Here he comes. <laughs> uh, no, uh, it, it is quite fun. Mario Galaxy is a very, very fun game. The, what I'll say, though, is as far as a streaming experience goes, it's it's like a million times um, less confusing and less, um, you know, abstruse as like Mario Sunshine. Right. So you in Mario Galaxy, and this is you know to much to the benefit of the game, you're never like, what the fuck am I supposed to do I- here? It's always like a straight line. Be- yeah, it's it's close. It is similar to Mario Sunshine in that every star you do like the level is set up a different way for you to do that it's not like odyssey where you have one level by default and all the stars are accessible in that so you know you have um in mario sunshine for example you have the the first uh, you know the hotel level the first one is like clean up outside the hotel so you can't access the hotel in the first star and then so on and so forth mm. Uh, and then on the second star, the top floor is locked off because the second star is like go in the ghost's mouth and do the jetpack cell. So similar to that in that you start a level and it's got like three stars, but you can only get the first star when you select it to play that version of the of the level, which works in, in that you're never confused what you're supposed to do, but also you don't necessarily feel the same feeling of exploration when you play a, a, an Odyssey level, for example. Um, which I much prefer. I, I think Odyssey, of what I've played of Galaxy so far, I think I definitely prefer Odyssey. I prefer that style of Mario game. Okay. Um, but there are moments in it that are reminiscent of the jetpack levels. There's definitely levels that are very like classic Mario platforming, uh, as well as the more modern Galaxy style. What I will say, though, is one thing I didn't take into account at all when I went to go go back to play it is that uh, you don't have a second thumbstick on the Wii for uh, camera control. So it has what I call Super Mario 64 camera, which is where you only have the the D-pad, and right and left on the D-pad will like move the camera, but not it's not a gradual swing, so you don't have proper camera control, which is is not a problem all the time, but it's definitely sometimes uh, at odds with you. You're going fully around like 360 spherical motion around this like miniature planet. So I don't know how they fix that for the Switch. I would assume the Switch version has like full camera control. Joe, I don't know. You played on the Switch, um, but uh, never assume it's 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 weird. <laughs> I don't know what that. It's a bit weird. Make of that what you will. Yeah, it's not yeah. like. Um, it's not like sunshine where you do get the full 360. It kind of does okay, so that, limit. It limits you, um, right? But it's not. It's not like 64. It's not completely yeah. fuck, fucked. <laughs> it's just a bit awkward sometimes. What I will say as well is I sit very close to the TV when I play. Um, <laughs> Why? Because we don't have a lot of room in here, unfortunately. So well, my TV, my TV is not enormous. It's a pretty big TV, but I sit. Um, I don't know. A meter and a half, two meters from the TV. Oh, so bad. Um, uh, but it is bad for the Wii because the fucking sensor bar won't pick up my little oh, Wii mode because no. I'm so close to it. So, unfortunately, Mario Galaxy is a game that sometimes is a little bit too much on the side of, ooh, isn't the Wii special with a uh, point, point your controller at the thing for no fucking reason? Uh, there is elements of that too. But anyway, 
I am I am very much enjoying it. Mario controls really well, which is the kind of the, the one main positive of it. He controls super well. There's no fucking jetpack. There's no hover. There's no fucking rocket. None of that shite. Just fucking Mario, classic Mario. He controls really well. The uh, the levels are super well designed. The challenges are really fun to do. Uh, many a time on the stream, I'd hit a level, go, oh, I'm looking forward. This is going to be fun. It's going to be a fun level. Um, so I've done two streams. I've played it for just under, I played it for about two and a half, two and three quarter hours, 31 stars. So I'm over a quarter of the way through the game. Um, but it's not, I've not, I've not played this game since 2007. So it's, it is basically new to me. There's not a lot of it I remember from beating. And I actually didn't 100% it when I beat it the first time. I beat it 104 stars or so. So I, there was like 16 stars that I never got. But I'm very much enjoying it. I would uh, recommend it. Um, it is I've a very, very... It's, it's a million times uh, more fun to play than Mario Sunshine. It's probably not quite as fun to watch. Mario <laughs> play it. These are the decisions it, we struggle with. <laughs> but it's a very, very fun game. The music is out of this world good. Um, there was one early level, and again, this is because it's kind of new to me. There's one early level that's like uh, every world has its like little boss level, and the second world is like uh, is a Bowser fight, and you come in and it's like an updated orchestral version of the Bowser level music from Mario sixty four. I was like, oh, this fucking song is so good. I love the music; it's absolutely great. I think it's the first Mario game that used orchestral proper like live orchestra for the music as well so yeah i'm going 100 percent. i'm gonna well i'm not gonna 100 percent. i'm gonna get 120 stars because it does have a thing where it's like once you get 120 stars you unlock luigi and you can get them again with luigi no, oh not, excellent we're not doing that <laughs> we're not doing that we're gonna, no, get 120. Do <laughs> we're gonna get 120 and then i'm gonna do mario galaxy 2 as well i'm gonna okay. go straight back to back one and two and that's at twitch.tv slash CSP and on YouTube. I don't know what the link is for that. Yeah, no one knows. But I put my VODs, I put my VODs up there, my VODs. Mm. And that's in my Twitter pinned tweet. So please, please to subscribe and please to follow. And that's the game golf this week. Um, let me see. Yeah, we'll jump into our uh, prediction game here. My favorite, the annual year predictathon. I actually had these done up. I was very prepared. I had them done up for last week, but last week was eight hours long, so we didn't have a chance. Yeah. Uh, So, uh, if you are a new listener in the last year, basically uh, at the beginning of the calendar year, we take a uh, uh, we do a little predictions quiz where I ask the lads some questions. I make a note of their answers. They also get a chance at the end to do uh, three. This time we did three miscellaneous predictions, whatever they would like. And, oh God, why are these going to be? Uh, <laughs> honestly, I, I, I don't think there are. Uh, there are like no ridiculous answers here as I've, as I've scrolled okay. through them. Uh, but people do. I mean, listen, people, some people were wrong about some things. Um, but anyway. Uh, so, yeah, we, we run down the answers. We tally up the points. We, we name a winner. And then we do 2022. So uh, we'll kick things off here. 2021 predictions from myself and the lads. The first question, the, the, I think the question we ask every single year, the reoccurring question, uh, who will win the Royal Rumble? Everyone got to pick a male and female winner. Of course, in reality, it was Big... No, sorry, I was about, uh, was it? No, it wasn't Big E. 
Uh, it was Bianca Belair and... Who won the men's one? Who won the men's Royal uh, Rumble? Uh, Goldberg. No. Um, I don't remember. I should have looked this up. I, but I, I know. I was, okay, like, for some I'm reason, I was thinking Big E, but no, he was Money in the Bank. Uh, where is it? Oh, Edge. Edge. Okay, none of us had Edge, to be fair. Uh, so, yeah, so the winners were Bianca Belair and Edge. Barry. <laughs> I said Daniel Bryan and Rhea Ripley. Uh, Joe said Daniel Bryan and Bailey. Oh, God. And Paul said John Cena and Rhea Ripley. So <laughs> we kicked we kicked the this year off with a big goose egg. Uh, so there's that. Question number two: uh, Will CM Punk wrestle this year? Was the question posed in January 2021. If you heard our award show last year, you will know in fact he did. That's the only way you would know. Um, <laughs> I said yes. Joe Towner said yes. Paul Griffin said yes. Said no, baby. Ah, you fucking idiot. <laughs> uh, he was a big no on CM Punk Wrestling. So 1-1-0 uh, one, one, is the score there. Uh, question number three. Will AEW and or WWE resume touring this year? Of course, they both have. Uh, yeah. Shortly after WrestleMania, they were both uh, back on the road. Barry said yes. Joe Tanner said yes. Yeah. And Paul Griffin said no. <laughs> so, uh, Paul, to be fair, the 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 amount of science, he, he thought that they probably shouldn't be touring for the remainder of 2021. <laughs> but that's how uh, the wrestling does business, baby. Uh, so it's uh, two two zero <laughs> is the score here. Oh. Next question. Never, never mind the turtle spoilers. I'm going to take my headphones off. <laughs> uh, up next, we had again. This was uh, January 2021, so this was the the nascent days of the of of this relationship. Uh, I asked, Will Kenny Omega win the Impact Heavyweight Title? Uh, he, of course, did beat Rich Swan and defended it in AEW. Uh, Barry said yes. Joe Towner said yes. Oh God! Paul Griffin said yes. Hey, on the board. So it's a three-three-one there. Uh, might need some. Uh, I, I I might throw this question to you for some interpretation. Um, mm. uh, there are always some questions that are maybe you know might fall in some gray areas. The next question was: Will New Japan and AEW officially partner? Now, I don't know if you want to call their relationship in 2021 officially partnering. I'm leaning towards saying yes. I mean, they had tons of cooperation. I mean, I don't know. Does, does officially partner mean they have to put out a graphic in a press release? Or, you know, I, I, I think that's I think that's open, you know. Um, I would, I'd be leaning yes. They were working together. I would say yes. Yeah. yeah. Okay. I just said I'd throw it up there because, again, there's always a question or two every year, a little bit nebulous. Things fall down, uh, so we'll say we're going to say yes for that because they were working together, and I think they still are. Uh, Barry said yes. Joe, you probably shouldn't have backed me up there because you said no, um, and Paul said yes. Uh, so that brings us to uh, four, three, two. Score. Mm -hmm. Uh, does Sting wrestle a match this year? Referring to 2021 was the question, and that was the caveat. There was an actual match, match, not a cinematic match. Uh, he did, of course, he did multiple uh, in 2021. 
Uh, I said yes. Joe said yes. Paul said yes. Okay. So uh, uh, three wins there across the board. Uh, I did look this up before the show uh, to confirm. So very specific wording here. Does Dynamite get over one million total viewers for a show opposed by NXT this year? So again, over a million total, but still with NXT competition. The answer was no. They actually they came very, 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 very close multiple times. They had numbers in the high nine hundred and seventy thousands, but not. They did not crack that threshold. They only had uh, unopposed. 1 million plus viewership. Gotcha. Uh, I said yes, so that was wrong. Joe said yes, and Paul said yes. So we were all wrong on that one. Okay. Um, <laughs> does the XFL run in 2021 was our question. Uh, I said yes. Joe said no. And Paul said no. So yeah. Um mm. Wait, did the XFL did run, didn't it? No, no, not in 2020. The Rock bought it. Oh, sorry, yeah, yeah. 20, sorry, yeah. I was getting confused because 2020 it actually did run, and then COVID yeah. shut it. Yeah, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. okay, my bad. Uh, so I said yes, so I was wrong. You boys were right there with um, uh, your nose. And then miscellaneous predictions. Uh, I'm just going to read these off, and 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 we yeah. can. Uh, uh, so I so I said uh, Daniel Bryan will leave WWE. Uh, Correct. This was. I should get extra points for this. I predicted the exact show. I said Kenny Omega will be AEW champion until full gear, uh, which was correct. Um, I'm not going to give myself this last one. I think even though it's technically true, I said New Japan will feature Marty Skrull. Um, they did record a thing with him and then didn't air it due to public outcry. Outcry. <laughs> yeah. So, so technically, for all intents and purposes, he was not. On a show. Yeah, non-canon. So I give myself two points there for that one. Uh, Joe, another good one here. Another uh, good gambit. Uh, impressive uh, guess. Dynamite will beat Raw in the 18 to 49 demos at least twice. That was correct. Oh. They did. That was a, a good pick. Uh, AEW will hold Blood and Guts, which is very good again. I don't think they had even teased they were going to do that mm. at the time you made that prediction. So they did do that. Uh, and Britt Baker will win the women's title, which of course she did. So three Ooh. points there. Oh, baby. Wow. Wow. Joe. Uh, and then Paul, his three predictions were Adam Page challenges for the world title on pay-per-view, which he did. Uh, MJF kicks Jericho out of the inner circle, which did not happen. And uh, some official merger of AEW and Impact, which did not happen. No. Uh, so you got one point there, Paul. So I'll add up the total scores here. Paul, you got one, two, three, four, five. You got five. Uh, Joe, you got... Uh, Three, four, five, six, seven, eight, eight. Oof. Mr. Joe Towner. And then I got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. So Joe Towner yeah. hips me at the post with eight. Well oh, done. The, f- the first time ever I think I've won that. Yeah, well that's, done. Yeah, that's usually shit. Sure. Um, so I will pull up here on my little note uh, pad app gimmick my um, my predictions for 2022 okay so these are the 2022 predictions I'm making a note of these here in my little notes app they will be squirreled away as a matter of record sealed 
and not reviewed until Jesus Christ 2023 if we all make it that far. Hmm. So we will kick things off, lads, with the typical question. I've broken this up into two questions this year, so there are two points on the line here for this one. You only got one point there for, uh, well, none of us got any of it right last time, so it doesn't matter. Uh, Question number one. Uh, we'll do a little rotation here of who guesses first. I'll start. Question number one is who will win the men's Royal Rumble? And I will start and I will go with Mr. Big E is my pick for them. Uh, my two picks for these answers are both uh, somewhat optimistic on WWE's booking. So I may get I may get burned. Um, uh, Joe, who's your pick for the men's Royal Rumble? Um... Since it's also go for Big E, just kind of, I have no idea what they're going to do for WrestleMania. Mm. I have no idea who is even particularly relevant on WWE television other than Big E. Uh, maybe Bob, Bobby Lashley. So I'll go for Bobby Lashley. Bobo Lashlow. Babu. Bobby Lashley, good guess. I think they're Paul, your guest there for the Men's Rumble. I have no idea. Um... Men's Royal Rumble. Oh my god. Who would even be in it? Um Let me think. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Okay, well, who are the champions? Roman Reigns, um, Lesnar. Reigns and Lesnar. Yeah. Okay, I'll go for I'll go for a left field one. I'll go for Brock Lesnar. Okay, Brock Lesnar. That's interesting. Mm. All right, uh, we will go in reverse order for the next question. There, so starting with yourself, Paul. Again, women's Royal Rumble. Oh, who are the women's champions? Christ. Uh, uh, Becky and Charlotte. Charlotte? Okay. Yeah. Uh, i go for... i go for Bianca again. Doing the Steve Austin two years in a row. Yeah. Uh, what about you, Joe? I was actually thinking the same mm. when, we, <laughs> when we mentioned her earlier because I kind of need to give her a bit of a rehabilitation. So I think, yeah, I'll go for Bianca as well. I am also going for Bianca. So the three oh. of us there, Bianca Belair. Uh, I mean, I, yeah, like if she doesn't, I mean, I just don't know how they can, how you could possibly justify that. Becky still being the champion and all that. Anyway, mm. another conversation for another day. Uh, question number three. Uh, all of these questions, by the way, actually, no, one of them, one of them has been asked in a previous year. Uh, most of these questions, though, they are a little bit different. Uh, question number three. Will AEW add another hour of televised content in 2022. Uh, Joe, you haven't gone first there, so I'll put you first. Um, I will say no. No, says Joe. You, you mean like weekly? Uh, no, it could be it could be quarterly. It could be a one-off. It could be, will there be outside of Dynamite, Rampage, Battle of the Belts, and uh, countdowns, I guess. We won't count countdowns. But will they have another hour of like prime time first run wrestling content but they, you counted like the, the battle of the belts quarterly specials or whatever those, those are counted that's the type of thing those I'm are counted. About. okay will, will, will they add either so another hour okay, so we're no. talking three hour dynamite two hour rampage uh more battle of the belts anything like those anything along those lines 
No, not outside of those already announced. Okay. Uh, what about you, Paul? I can see there being a two-hour rampage mm. event at some stage. Yeah. Uh, sure. Okay. Uh, so you're saying you oh, say yes, yes? I guess. Yes. Okay. <laughs> and let me see here. Uh, let me see. Okay. Uh, I'll go first here on this next one. We haven't. I don't think we had. The, well, we did you predict one for that one? I said yes. Uh, oh. oh no, sorry. I said no. Sorry. Excuse me. Sorry. I'm getting all mixed up here. Me and Joe were no. You were a yes. You were the sole yes on that one. Yeah. Uh, next question here. We haven't done this for a few years. Uh, who will headline the 2022 WWE Hall of Fame class? Uh, I will say the Undertaker. I guess. Where's WrestleMania this year? Uh, Tejas. Well, that seems like an obvious one then, doesn't it? Well, they've done, like, he, he's been 100 years old, and they've done multiple uh, uh, Texas WrestleManias, so, you know. Yeah, but he was still waiting for Vince's phone call at that stage. <laughs> I feel like he still is the sad fucker. Oh, well, if, if he got it, he'd, be, he'd have his little trench coat on, he'd be down the ring, fucking first one there. Um... Uh, yeah, I'll say I'll say Undertaker as well. It seems like such an obvious one. Okay, I it's it's it seems so obvious. I don't even want to take a, a wild swing uh, at something else. Should I take a wild swing? Mm. No, I'll go and fuck it. I'll go Undertaker as well. Yeah, play it safe. Play it safe. That just feels like what they'll do. Uh, question number what we had four. Very topical. This one uh, will. WWE be sold this year. And for that, we will stick with Joe. Uh, no. Joe says no. Uh, I will say no as well. Uh, Paul. Mm, so many variables that could happen. Mm. Mm. I will say yes, just to keep it interesting. Sure. Okay. Lots of people think that's that's on the cards. Uh, up next, uh, we'll start with... I'll start on this one. Mm-hmm. Uh, will The Rock's XFL run in 2022? <laughs> uh, I will say no on this. Uh, what about you, Ooh, Paul? Um... I just want to see what his official statement was of when, when it was going to be back. Cause I, if I don't want to say yes. Okay. So the rock tweeted, whatever he tweeted that it will, it will return in 2022. Mm. Okay. Uh, I will say that it will then return in 2022. I have trust in my mate. The rock. Okay. Paul is a yes. Joe, what say you, sir? Um, I think no, I think it'll be, if it comes back, I think it'll be tw- next year. Okay. That's a no uh, from Joe and myself and a yes from Paul. Okay, just, yeah, same as the last question, actually. All right, here's an interesting one. Uh, two questions here, back to back, very similar. Predict the Metacritic average <laughs> for Jesus. WWE 2K22, which is out in March. So out of 100, what do you think the average, you know, Rotten Tomato style? After the catastrophe that was 2K20, they took a year off. They took a year off and they delayed it six months as well. 
Yeah. Uh, what are we thinking for the Metacritic average? Uh, I will. Uh, I know I went first last time. Paul, what do you say? Okay, I'll say 72. 72. Joe, what do you say? I will go for 69. 69. Nice. And okay. I actually, I'm, I'm similar to Paul. I had this written down. I'm not, I'm not aping you. I had 74. Okay. For that. Um, yeah, I'm not, I'm not too confident on that. Um, that game uh next one similar question a little bit more of a wild card because we just don't know what really to expect same question but for aew's video game debut their console video game debut uh which is most likely coming this year but they still haven't committed to a date uh i uh will go first and i am somewhat bullish on what they've shown i'm gonna say 83 what about you joe I'm going to go the other way. I'm going to say uh, 60. 60. Interesting. Interesting. Yeah. Uh, Paul. 71. 71. Okay. Yeah, we don't know. Yeah, I because I, I, the reason I said 83, I was like, to, to crack that 85, 30, that's really good. So I, I, I'm, I'm interested in how they do, but I, I don't see that happening. Um, next, who? Whomst? Will dethrone Hangman Adam Page as AEW World Champion? Mm. And we will start with Paul Griffin. I will say it will be a little man called Maxwell. Caster? Jacob. (laughs) Yo, yo. All right. Uh, <laughs> Paul has gone MJF. Uh, I also went MJF. Uh, Joe, are you gonna are you gonna stick in line with us here, or are you gonna deviate? Um, I was thinking either MJF or Mr. Brian Danielson. Mm-hmm. And I, I am. It does feel like they're getting MJF kind of ready for the big push. Mm. Uh, I'll be boring and also go for MJF. All righty. I think I think that's to, to AW strength. I feel like you can you can sense what comes next. Yeah. Uh, I, you know, I think I think Moxley and Kenny are, are wild cards. I, th- I I thought someone might pick Mox out of uh, mm. uh, you know because that that's daring. Uh, similar question here: Who will dethrone Britt Baker as AEW Women's Champion? Um, I will go first here. I am going to say Thunder Rosa. Mm. Uh, what about you, Joe? I'll say no one. Oh, I think she's going Ooh. coast to coast, year to year. <laughs> Bloody 60 minutes, baby. Oh, <laughs> to the time limit. To the time my, limit. My goodness. Britt Baker going the distance. That, that'd be like 18 months. Uh, Fair enough. Uh, uh, RVD title, TV title. I mean, it's not yeah. like, you know what? The, uh, I, can, I, 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 that's bold. I predicted. I, I, I respect it, rather. Uh, Paul, mm-hmm. what are you thinking? Oh, I'm trying to think of who, who, who is even AEW's top female babyface at the moment. Um, they kind of don't even have one. That's so. yeah, that is kind of the issue. So that's why I think that. Listen, Joe's prediction is interesting. I, 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 I could, I could see it. No, I think, I think again, not to be boring, but I think Thunder Rosa makes the most sense. Okay, she is. She is kind of the closest they have to that. 
when she comes out, she gets a reaction. She gets a pop. Mm. I think Ruby could have been that, but they've kind of squandered her a little bit. And also, at, at her own fault, she's kind of squandered it a bit. All right. Uh, next question here. Uh, we've got an over-under. Okay. Over-under on WWE and AEW pay-per-view matches, okay, changed due to COVID protocols, okay? And so across the two companies for the whole calendar year, how many pay-per-view matches will get changed, either scrapped or one person subbed out? Uh, Not television, pay-per-view only. The over and under is at 3.5, okay? Okay. So, Paul, why don't you go first, more or less than that? Um, I will have to go for more. Paul is going for the over. I will go for the under on that one. What about you, Joe? 3.5. Um, that is a tricky one for matches. I feel like there's not been that many recently, and we've been in the real bad wave. So I will go under. Under. Interesting. That'll be an interesting one to, to tot up next year. Uh, okay. And then this year, I've, we've, I'm narrowing it down to one miscellaneous prediction. Okay. Right? You got one prediction uh, uh, for... Um, uh, for the remainder of the calendar year. And who wants to go first? Uh, Joe, do you have a miscellaneous prediction? Um, Yeah, mine was that MJF will challenge for the AEW world title. Challenge, okay. So challenge, not to win it, but he will challenge for it. Okay, mine was actually kind of similar. I'm going kind of safe. CM Punk will challenge for the world title. Uh, what about you, Paul? All right, I will say this is the year that the inner circle ceases to be. Ah, interesting. Inner circle ceases to be. I fucking hope so. Yeah, I mean, Jesus Christ. Okay, they are locked in and saved uh, until next January, folks. Uh, I hope you'll be watching closely uh, uh, with us. So, uh, with those squirreled away, well done as well to Joe, our winner of last year's game. Uh, Do we want to jump over to our emails? Go for it. Uh, Sure. I have an email from Jamie. Uh, this is from actually just before, uh, or just just during our um, our Christmas break. Came in there late December. Uh, I always find it extra hilarious during a weekly update of horrible cinema experiences. I can't recall anything close happening to me over the years. No idea what attracts these people to you lot. Uh, a bit of rustling and munching popcorn during the first few minutes is the worst I usually get. Yeah, it is a, multiple people, whenever I'm talking about this or tweeting about it, people say I've never encountered anything like this. And all I can say is, look, count yourself lucky. Couch stuff lucky. I'm very yeah. jealous. I'm very jealous. 
um, uh, savor it, savor that 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 silence while you watch that that film. Yeah. Uh, thank you, Jamie. For uh, I'm glad you got it. I'm glad you were amused by it. That is certainly that's why we do this. Um, yeah, that's my one email. Thank you, Jamie, for emailing. Yeah. I will say though, Jamie, you are like the last living character in a Final Destination movie. It will get <laughs> you. Don't mm. you worry. Uh, uh, I too have an email. Let me read it. Let me read it real fast. Uh, it's from Michelle. Uh, faves of 2021. So she sent along a. Um, best of the year list as well okay uh best match brit baker versus thunder rosa lovely and she she's added that girls rule and boys drool very fair very controversial take there uh best film west side story Mm -hmm. She says, musicals have never gone away. Don't believe the La La Land narrative. (laughs) I know know what the narrative is. Um, When you have a memorable story and songbook, a cast of stars and a director who knows what they're doing, it is perfect. Um, Correct. (laughs) I do like a musical as well. I haven't seen West Side Story, though, but from what I've heard from Joe Michelle, it's very good. Uh, Best TV show, Succession. It has the actors, the locations, the storytelling. And they all make you scream in amazement when the season comes together. I love my rich, white, bad family. <laughs> I hope she's not referring, Joe, to your side of it. <laughs> <laughs> um, I do want to catch up with Succession, obviously. Uh, she also gives a, a mention to Curb Your Enthusiasm, Back to Basics, Classic Curb. Larry is the ageless crank. Uh, best podcast. She surprisingly doesn't mention us in this. Oh, that's a very, misfire. that's a very hot take. The Sloppy Boys premises three. Well, maybe that is us. Three comedy guys who have a yeah. band do yeah. a different cocktail every episode. Yeah. It shouldn't work, but it's equally silly and interesting. They do uh, take the history of the drink seriously, but they also throw in a good parody song. The best bit is that they stick to one hour episodes. Oh, she's oh no, this is really twisting the knife now. Hang on. <laughs> <laughs> but also the ACK cast that's A-A-C-K uh, Jamie Loftus is back with a limited series this time tackling the divisive Kathy comic mm. I ended up loving Kathy so much more thanks to the show and following Kathy oh, Jesus uh, Gwee's wife I don't know how to pronounce okay. G- G- the on lady Instagram. who loves Kathy yeah, to see her occasional lockdown Kathy comics. I, I actually have never heard of Kathy. I don't know what that is. It's a, it's a, it's like I was about to compare it to Garfield, but it kind of is. It's it kind of it's like a female. It's fe- yeah, female it's Garfield. kind of like I hate Mondays, but I'm a woman. You know. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Don't correct me on that, Michelle. I know that's probably not accurate. <laughs> <laughs> um, best song: Silk Chiffon by Muna. Okay. M M U N A. What does joy sound like? What does being in a in crush sound like? It's this song. That's what it is. And best album she gives Jubilee by Japanese Breakfast. After a few albums about sadness and losing her mother, she's now singing about looking at the beauty in life, even if time is short. She's broken the traditional sad indie music mold, and I can't wait to see her live. So that's Michelle's uh, best of the year. Thanks, Michelle. That was, I, I want to start listening to some Japanese breakfast. I think I would like. I'd like her stuff. Yeah. Thanks, Michelle. There you go. Uh, and that is our emails for the week. Uh, I mean, wrestling golf. I mean, obviously, we had a big news week last week. I, I, I don't think we should kind of retread over all that stuff. Lots of interesting releases. Um, 
you know. Uh, and just as we were getting ready to do this show, uh, Mustafa Ali requested his release from WWE. Publicly, just tweeted that he wanted to uh, to be out. Um, there was then shortly after that there was a fightful story that I did take a look at, um, basically saying that he and Vince McMahon had some kind of blow up uh, about. Uh, that he had been off TV for for weeks and months, and that was not paternity leave. He was scheduled to be back, and then they had this blow up, and that's why he wasn't at TV for the last few months. Something to do with Vince pitching him a character that he would never touch in a million years, uh, which I guess caused him to blow up. And again, I don't know if that was a he was sent home or chose to go home. That was not really specified, but um, yeah, I kind of wish like I kind of wish he left. A long time ago, I feel like a lot of the places like AEW obviously is the most obvious one, kind of feeling the bloat a little bit. Um, uh, and I yeah. feel like it's it's a less mm. obvious jump point for him now. But where I mean, wherever he's very, very talented, so wherever he ends up, um, uh, I'm sure it'll be good. Uh, but yeah, developing story, it seems. Um, the uh, the what the pitch was that offended that or that he would touch was not specified, but I'm sure we can all wow. we can all just figure we can do a little bit of mental arithmetic. Speaking here. of speaking of blowing up, yeah, yeah, it's a great comic pal. Yeah, please, manager, cut your hair, brother. <laughs> You're called Budge now. Um, yeah, so that that uh, that's ongoing. Uh, yeah, well, and then we of course had uh, AEW television this week. I, I I thought Dynamite was was pretty boring. I mean, I was I was bored. Well, I had I hadn't seen um, Rampage or Break Breaking the Bands. That's not what it's called. <laughs> but uh, Battle of the Belts. Yeah, when we spoke this time last week, and I thought those were both very boring as well. So yeah. they're on a little bit of a streak, and it's it's. Um, Becoming a, becoming an issue, I think. Uh, too many bad habits. Mm. Yeah, there's there's so much great talent. I don't know why they why do they never ever need to have a boring show. They could put two three good matches on every show. Like it's not, yeah. it's yeah. without much difficulty, and just cut down the nonsense. But yeah, and that's the problem. Is I don't think the problem is, is even the matches. It's just the the feeling that the the nonsense gives you kind of wears you down even if the mm. matches themselves are good you can only have so many i mean we've talked about in the last few weeks to the back interview oh someone's interrupted already oh it's a heel they're beating up the baby face mm. uh match mm. schmoz after the match oh the person who won the match gets beaten up by the heel or no then other faces come down and beat them up and then two completely different people who weren't involved in anything are standing tall at the end of the segment yeah mm. keep it simple like take it back to basics Someone like someone, Japanese breakfast. <laughs> yeah, someone someone gets interviewed and and then they get confronted and then all of a sudden it's oh yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> and you just zoom in on them very awkwardly selling on the floor. Oh, oh my god, terrible so, backstage fights. Something I I really kind of noticed on this episode of Dynamite. And I think it's something we used to criticize WWE for kind of quite a long time ago, is that everything feels like the mid card. Mm. That you don't get any sense of like a pecking order, and like right. the worst, the worst part of this was, was the Hangman Page promo, where I can't remember what's his name, Dan um, Lambert, fat, fat face dipshit Dan Lambert yeah. comes out. You could have replaced Hangman with anyone else on the roster in that same position; it would have been exactly the same thing. Mm. So everything kind of feels like it's just a, a kind of mid card angle. There's no like 
one main event thing and then your mid card yeah. and then you kind of and then some comedy or kind of lower ranked stuff like bear country or whatever fine like as a you know as a one-off match yeah i think that's come an issue like they really need to to sort of prioritize like whether it's the world title or some kind of main event feud that needs to be like the ongoing thing every week instead yeah. of what we're getting yeah but other than I that think I, mean, abs- still, I think you're absolutely right still enjoy it but you know mm. could be well, better. It's, it's it is becoming more like i still haven't watched rampage this week because it's just becoming more of a thing to put on the long finger as opposed to mm-hmm. the thing you want to watch first thing saturday yeah. morning to- yeah. totally agree totally that's but i, I think the hideous thing I think you nailed the the hangman thing. I think hangman as champion, aside from the like matches, like the big mm. matches, I think he's kind of floundering actually. I think his promos have been kind of weak and like, you know, when we had even Jericho, like I think Jericho was actually in a sense, the best champion they've had. Okay, yeah, like, yeah. like when his segment came on, it was like, here comes the champion. Here's the most important segment yeah. of the show. Yeah, Omega also had that. And, and Moxley to an extent. But like Hangman comes out and it doesn't feel like something that's very important, you know? I'm sure the, like, the feud with uh, Archer would be good, but this, this, the segment itself didn't feel like... That, that in a sense, okay, number one shouldn't have had Dan Lambert in it, and number two should have been the last segment of the show. Yeah. Yeah. You know? yeah. Steve Austin wasn't coming out in the middle of the show. To no. be confronted by Jim Cornette or uh, whoever. Yeah, Dan, Dan Severn come out and beat him up. No. Yeah. The other thing as well is that like Archer being his first big challenger, it's a little bit, it's a little bit, you know what WWE world titles on the is on the ropes as a I champion when it's Dolph Ziggler on pay-per-view. And no, Kane. Kane. Yeah, I think this is Kane. <laughs> like I didn't want to go, I didn't want to go Kane because it's like Kane's like a a big knock because he's shit and he's been booked like shit. Because whereas the reason I went Ziggler is because like like you, like the match will be good, yeah, because he's good, but like he's got like negative booking credibility. And, and like yeah. I mean, Archer, I would say Archer has a negative because they've like you know, but he, he's he's so obviously that guy that they build up just to lose to the world champion, yeah. which is which is fine. But when it's kind of like. It's when you are like you guys were just saying. I think you, those were all really good points about Hangman. Hangman needs like again. It, it'd be great the sooner the sooner Moxley can come back, and he was just announced for GCW. So I assume Moxley is on the card soon for for AEW. The sooner Moxley can come back, and like that's a program with some juice. I think Hangman needs some juice. Do you know what I mean? The 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 Brian program had that, and it's going to be a struggle to get people to really care about Archer challenging for the world title. You know, even though it'll probably yeah. be a, a cracking match, I would say. Yeah, um, there's lots of little simple things they they don't do to to build Hangman up to make him feel like a special event. Like one thing that I was thinking about in the week, it's not Hangman specific, but one thing I was thinking about in the week was the easiest little number one easiest little pop, and number two was like, oh, this person suddenly feels very important. Is they used to do back in the Attitude Era when wrestling was good, <laughs> um, the the quick backstage, the Rock is here. And he's showing up, you know, he's got his bag over his shoulder. He's walking with a purpose backstage or like the car pulls up. Stone Cold's at the arena. He's arrived. He's going to be here tonight. And the crowd go, ah, Stone Cold. They don't do that anymore in any wrestling front. They, they, they never do the impromptu. Oh, my God, the big star has arrived at the arena. He's late because he's such a fucking big star. But look at him, how cool he is arriving. You know, 
there's little there's there are I, I don't necessarily mean they need to do that to make hangman a star no but, but I get the idea. There, there are little things you can do to make hangman stand out from the pack to make him feel like the important champion which he do, isn't coming off as and his kind of like when he's doing his like promos even the one he did with um uh lambert most recently but even with danielson to an extent he comes off very stilted kind of um i know i know in the build-up to the, to the title match it kind of worked because his character was he was kind of unsure about himself could he win the big one mm. but then he did and his character didn't really change or at least his performance of the yeah. didn't really change um so although i like i like hangman a lot i i don't know that he comes off as well as part champions and i don't want to absolutely don't think he's necessarily the what sammy Guevara was to the tnt title but i think there's a good chance that he could ultimately end up being that yeah yeah so we'll see um, but yeah dynamite overall i don't know when you don't have danielson on one week you don't have omega you don't have moxley it also feels like it's kind of starved of stars while at the same time feeling bloated their uh, weird juxtaposition. They're they're pairing Brit with Adam Cole now, which I don't hate. I think that's okay. You know, um, gives you something to do. Um, there's that. Um, I'm trying to think, is there anything else of noteworthy on the show? Really not. Uh, Brody King. Brody King showed up. I've never really. I like Brody King. People go crazy for. Him. I. I think the best thing about Brody King showing up is he's a good wrestler. If he gives, let's give Malachi Black something to fucking do, which is put him in the tag division fine i'm a little bit over it already even though he's only been there like six months i'm over it i i i'm over um <laughs> you tried to hurt me i actually like pain um, <laughs> i'm over that i'm over mist i'm over teleporting and random attacks because i'm so crazy i'm going to feud with these fucking guys from dark who are, have zero cred you know these absolute geeks absolute geeks yeah. i don't know him in the tag works either because i think the tag division is it to an extent too stacked where you have teams like um you know acclaimed mm. and until they won the belts like lucha Bros. You have you have these teams who are just doing nothing for months at a time and when you push a team in like king and Alice, uh, master malachi black that pushes one of those teams out of the way you know yeah and so the question then becomes, well, what are, you know, uh, FTR doing for the next few weeks? Or what, like, what's the point of even having so many teams when you can't effectively rotate between them? Yeah. And just keep pushing new teams in for no reason. I do feel like that they'll probably get a big push. I feel like when he showed up and I, I just made the mental connection, I was like, that that seems like almost like the reason the Jungle Express got the title or the Jurassic Express got the titles because they're the perfect mm. happy-go-lucky team to lose to... The dark tattooed man. The dark evil yeah. tattoo boys. Um, and yeah, like I said, I feel like Black desperately needs something to do because I feel like post Cody, he's just been wasting time. And it kind of it's like some of the things you have to give Cody credit is like Cody, just like a go go. The juice for all those matches was Cody. Whether you don't like him or you like him, the juice was him. It wasn't for yeah. Alistair Black. Even if people were cheering for Alistair Black, they were only doing it to annoy Cody, <laughs> uh, which is why Cody is the puppet master. God bless him. Um, yeah. He's back next week, which they did announce, which is good. Um, uh, yeah. Uh, the Wardlow thing, I mean, like, they got to where they wanted to go, but just Wardlow's... I thought it was impressive that Punk, like, was got killed by Wardlow. Like, they really... They really mm. It kind of reminded me a little bit of that one Raw where, like, 
before the shield broke up when they had like Roman Reigns break the the FU or the STF um, as a little nod to this this is this is the guy in a couple of years this is going to be the guy uh, by yeah. by give, by letting him do that like I thought it was pretty impressive that they let Wardlow just absolutely demolish Punk uh, in a match like that but like then Punk winning with that awful looking roll up I mean and I know yeah. it's what the MGF story is Wardlow and I, I don't dislike the story but it's just like he's getting up and saying no you do it this way and then oh he rolled him up and oh I'm gonna twist your finger no don't you do that I'm like oh god why why is every segment 10 segments like can we just yeah. do the match I almost mm. would have rather if Wardlow just lost like a regular <laughs> way um, well I mean Wardlow has lost before, right? Well, that's it, yeah, he, oh, yeah. He, but I feel like the point, did, the reason... Didn't Hager beat him in one of the matches? Uh, did Hager, did Hager, did Hager win the, win the MMA, MMA fight? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And Cody beat him in the cage. Uh, but I think the reason they protected, quote-unquote, which is such WWE mindset booking, um, but I think is because I feel like they are they are finally gearing up to do the the thing with Wardlow. I mean, I The think, Batista. The Batista thing. I'm wondering how they're going to time it, though, because I would have thought... MGF at some point wins the title, then they do the Wardlow split, and Wardlow hypothetically wins? Question mark. Yeah. I don't know, or do, doesn't win. I don't know. Uh, it kind of feels like the, the pace they're moving. It feels like they're going to get to the split first. Um, yeah. Uh, it definitely feels like I don't know if it's going to happen in time for a Revolution, but it definitely feels that like by double or nothing, they they probably should be done. I don't think they should still be doing teases in six months. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, they they need to literally copy and paste the Batista turn. That's how you yeah. do it. You have Wardlow's uh, like contract renewal segment with MJF, and he picks up the contract and gives him the thumbs up. And they're he, the, the, him and Tully Blanchard are giving the thumbs up back, and he gives him the th- thumbs down. Throws him through the table, and it's exactly the same segment. That's how you do it. Um, yeah, I'd love that. Um, <laughs> uh, so yeah, uh, Rampage was actually good. To be fair, I thought I thought okay. Rampage was better. Uh, the the main event was really fun. Um, uh, have you have you seen the acclaimed music video? No, I haven't seen oh, anything. Oh my yeah. god, I, it's so good. Talking about Sting has a little Willy and all this other stuff. <laughs> <It's> just, <laughs> oh, they're so good. They're so good. They're like it's genuinely really clever. Um, so that was good. Um, uh, the women's tag was a lot of fun. Uh, Cole and, and Trent again, like we were complaining about the ten million things happened at the finish, but like whatever, the match was good. Trent's been really good since he came back. Um, uh, uh, yeah, I thought the booking of the women's tag was a bit odd because they're doing Statlander and Cassidy against Cole and Baker on Wednesday, but on the YouTube shows, Layla Hirsch and Statlander are doing a dysfunctional partner thing. So Layla tagged herself in and lost the match. I'm like, what well, shouldn't, could you not have had Statlander just win to fucking set up her, her match mm-hmm. on Wednesday? But that's a, that's a, that's a nitpick to a certain degree. Uh, yeah. Your rampage is good. Kind of back to the way it used to be, which is just tight, just good matches and just in and out, you know? Um, yeah. So I think that's the week for, uh, for AEW. Um, and we can probably wrap it up here. Uh, folks, if you do want to uh, chip in, you can go to chairshoppodcast.com and email us. If you want to give us your 2022 predictions, 
uh, any, any, you know, if you want to send us your little miscellaneous predictions mm-hmm. for the year, feel free to do so. Um, and we will uh, we'll read your email. Show you can email us about whatever you want. Just whatever you want. Just email us and we'll read it. Um, yeah. So uh, for now, though, we're going to call it a show. And we will be back to you next week. Uh, same bat time, same bat channel, all that. Uh, thanks very much for listening. It's goodbye from me, Barry Murphy. It's goodbye from Paul Griffin. Goodbye. And it's goodbye from Joe Towner. Goodbye, everybody. Goodbye.